You are listening to the Savage Fincast, episode 100, co-hosts of Fincast Past. Chicago. A criminal mastermind called Overlord held our city in his terrifying grip. Ordinary cops were losing the battle against Overlord's super freaks and mutants. Then, a miracle happened. When I found him, he had no memory of his past. I helped him find an identity and a life. Now we have a fighting chance. Now we have the dragon. This is the Savage Fincast, the show that sold its soul to Malbolgia. My name is Jim. This is the Savage Fincast, the show that on occasion shoves its politics down your throat. My name's Raven. This is the Savage Fincast, the show that gives me an excuse to get drunk and shoot the shit and write crappy haikus. My name is Craig. Craig got really real. His. <laughs> too Too real. <laughs> Uh, so wow. we've got a very special episode. They they said it was impossible, but, you know, it's possible. We have done it. 100 Savage Dragon episodes. Though technically it's more 101, and that doesn't include all the retros. And the finisodes. And the various other things. But, you know, we call it episode 100. To make ourselves feel better. Yeah. Eat a fat dick, perfectionists. <laughs> it's our 100th episode, and I don't care. I'm stoked to uh, to get into it and to so, talk talk to all of our uh, ex hosts, right? Well, that's the thing is that for this very special episode 100, we will not we will not be reviewing an I- issue, even though uh, issue 253 or four three three just 253, 253 yeah. just came out. We will be saving that for next time to dedicate an appropriate amount of time to it. Uh, this episode, we are instead going to. Take a look at ourselves. Go back to our to our roots, as it were, and we're going to talk to all the ghosts of of, of Fincast ho- ghosts of Fincast hosts for the future. Uh, we're going to be talking to the uh, the original co host Nick Justice. We're going to talk to his replacement Adam Pruitt. We're going to talk to uh, uh, regular recurring guest host Zach Hawkins, and of course, you should have replaced me. Well, we tried, but you demanded your turn, so we had acquiesced. Uh, and then, of course, we finally have our uh, sometimes guest host whenever we need to fill in or just need someone fresh to talk to, Scott James. Scott Schmeckel James. Yeah, man. I Listen, uh, I know that you, dear listener, you're looking at that runtime. You're thinking, no fucking way is this going to be engaging. But I, Raven, from the future... I'm here to tell you that you are in for such a treat. Uh, these fellas got a lot of say. Some of these characters have been out of commission uh, on the FinCast for a long time. And uh, you won't believe just uh, what a fantastic show you've really gotten. I beseech thee, dear <laughs> listener, if at all possible, carve off a slice of time for these fantastic fellas that came here to talk to you today about their love of Savage Dragon. Fantastic fellas sounds like a good comic book. 
<laughs> I'd buy it. I'd buy two. But before we can get to that, we got a few news items we should rattle off through. Indeed. Top of the hour, our top headline. Savage Dragon 257's... <laughs> Thank you. Savage Dragon 257's cover was revealed on Eric Larson's Facebook. I was trying to say too many things at once. <laughs> you fumbled. <laughs> I fucked it up. Uh, Eric dropped 257's cover on us, and as always happens whenever we see a new cover, it blew everyone's balls off. Uh, nothing but a bunch of eunuchs in the Savage Dragon fandom now, because we've got Thor just bashing the hell out of Malcolm's brain with his hammer. The dragon and the thunder god. It's fantastic, this cover. And Craig? Like he's been doing usually, Eric did uh, also provide like a whole bunch of different like color variants, different logo colors, uh, highlight colors, and background colors. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he finally settled on orange title with blue background. Oh, did I he? I, th I, thought he th I thought he was doing the blue background. Th isn't that what I said? No, you oh, said orange. orange. I said oh, or orange. I said I said orange logo and blue background. Oh. Uh, right. I'm an idiot. Right. Now, personally, I was a big fan of orange logo and no, no, purple, purple. logo, purple logo and orange background, or as I Same like to, here. or as I like to have called it, the uh, grape and orange crush cover. <laughs> Fenta. <laughs> I agree. Fenta. I like that cover too. Um, honestly, I see why blue is the one he went with. You know, I lightning. I don't at all. I mean, it's moodier. I mean, the the color on the lightning makes more sense. But he, um, now, he talked about, and I think he confirmed that he's going to be doing two covers for a while, right? I yes. Mean, so he's got alternate cover. He's got that old kind of Marvel trade dress type thing with, like, the mm -hmm. Image Comics group kind of old, strip across the top. Old-timey 70s Marvel trade dress. Now, yeah. so, for me, that is my trade dress because I started reading in the 90s and he was using that during the quote-unquote Savage World Savage era, World. his right. his uh, Kirby period, as you were, as it were. So does that mean if he's doing two covers for each issue for the kind of near future that we're going to get like a blue background and maybe an, an orange or something different color background? I'm actually not sure how that breaks down. I kind of thought they'd be the same cover with different, uh, trade different dress. trade dress. Yeah. Hmm. Be interesting to, to see. Cause I know he's got that other cover with, um, Paul dragon on, on the front. Uh, what's that mm -hmm. issue? Two fifty empty grave. Uh, yeah, that's two fifty five, I think. And he had one that Nico's completely covered colored. So he colored it first with that like trippy is like a trippy kind of like uh, red background. It looks almost like Kirby Dots or something going on. And it's then a Dimension Nico's X cover, yeah. Recently recolored it with like an orange kind of atmospheric background. Right. And I think... Uh, so Eric he's releasing both. He is. And they're, I yeah. think they're both going to have uh, trade dress variants as well. Or maybe one or the... Sure. Or maybe Eric's is going to be the Marvel style and Nikos and is going to be the classic uh, Dragon style. He hasn't released any information about like different order numbers on diamond or anything like that so it'll be interesting to, to kind of find out and we'll keep the yeah. listeners in the loop when we find out um but yeah the the cover's awesome and uh as they usually are and i'm excited for the new trade dress style because i like that trade dress style yeah the cover i'm excited fire lately well i'm excited for this fucking fight 
because I mean Malcolm Thunder Powers versus you know God of Thunder. Fuck yeah, dude! Malcolm I can't wait. Lightning powers, you mean. Lightning powers, yeah! I can't wait to see like the clash. Like, is Malcolm gonna become supercharged by this lightning? Is it yeah. gonna like be too much and overload his body, or is like just they're both gonna just be immune and it's gonna be a contest of raw strength? Like, there's so many ways that this shit could shake out. Yeah, I'm fucking excited. The minute I well, saw this cover, my mind started racing. And Thor is a great character and a reoccurring baddie and something. You know, besides Dart, we haven't really seen too many reoccurring bad guys in, in Savage Dragon lately. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be nostalgic, but fun. Because, you know, we also know Thor's got his son, too. And we yep. don't know what Thor's son's powers are, if any. Right. He, we know he's a demigod. Right. But we don't know how strong he is. We don't know if he could do lightning. We're so much awesome about this. Hmm. He has all the powers of little orphan Annie. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, next up is kind of an interesting news tidbit. It's not really a news item. So for last year, or actually that's not true, this summer, uh, Hasbro and Marvel released a whole line of like 90 style Spider-Man action figures. Uh, they were they, they were really themed towards like the style of Spider-Man from the early 90s. Uh, in fact, part of the line included the, uh, the, the 90s Daredevil costume because... When the heck are they ever going to make a figure out of that? Because they'll make a figure out of anything. Mm-hmm. But apparently the second wave of that line is coming out soon. And there's been a leak showing that the Eric Larson designed uh, Cyborg Spider-Man is going to be part of that line. With the with the big cyborg arm and like the bandage on his head. Uh, that, that classic cover with him in Deathlock. Um, I never read it. I don't have a lot of affinity with the character, but it is very interesting that a, you know, an Eric Larson, you know, classic design is getting an action yeah. figure. Spider-Man 21, the adjectiveless Spider-Man. Like there's no there's no details on when it's coming out or what, but I do know I've seen the previous wave in like Walmart and Target, so they're not going to be hard to get a hold of and they're about 20 bucks uh, when they are there. So if that's your thing, keep an eye out probably in the next 6 months. Yeah, the rumor is that it's going to be on the Hasbro Pulse, whatever that is. It's probably a, it's a news. Is like that their own it. Kickstarter thing? No, not no, no, Kickstarter. It's like a it's like a Hasbro releases so many action figures they actually need their own. Uh, oh wow! Mini like show to like announce all the new announcements. So I think right. that's what the Hasbro Pulse is. It's like a it's a showcase of all their upcoming figures. Because I tell you though, the figure is pretty dead on from what Eric design modern it's pretty cool modern action figures are kind of insane in how much detail they can get away with these days uh because of 3d um uh, modeling technology because you can basically model anything you want and print it out whatever you want and so the details way better than it used to be and joints joints are also way better than they used to be pose even even the robotic arm though it's got like the the kind of the capsules around the bicep that's in the art and like the kind of uh shingly like i don't know how you explain it well they're, ri- they're ripped has, yeah or no but i'm just saying like in the shoulder he had those like kind of <laughs> the weird shoulder pad yeah it's, it's just like i don't know how you it, it looks almost like tiled or like i don't know but whatever like shingles or something but uh and then the bandage around the leg and in the you know the bandana or whatever but uh it's it's pretty dead on 
So I, I never read the story, but the story is he was story's in, awesome. He, he was injured and he had to have like this cybernetic like thing over his arm to heal his arm. Yep. And that's that's the dealie. And his weird, weird utility belt. I guess it comes with pouches, the arm. man. He needs pouches. Gotta have those pouches, dude. Question, fellas, you get a cyborg arm. You know you only got it for a while. I just punch everything I can. Uh, not the direction I was going. Do you think that you you got to jerk it right? No, no. Look at you those, might rip it off. Look at those fucking ridges. You'll cut yourself. Mm-hmm. It'll get Fair. pinched. It'll get pinched in your side. It's got a really and suck pinched to, in your colossus ridge. It's seriously. Fair. It's seriously got to <laughs> suck for Super Patriot to just be a torso with just robot limbs. Mm. Dude, you ever you guys ever play um, centipede with a little rolly ball mm-hmm. in the arcade? And you yep. like get too aggressive with that rolly ball, and you pinch your pinch hand. Your, yes. I, oh yeah, dude. Yeah. That's what's gonna happen with your like colossus ridged hand. Fair. When you go fair. to jerk it, you're gonna pinch it. Yep. All right. I just would have thought so that's that maybe no go, the, dude. Right, and cool. you sense. might not know your own strength and just completely rip the joystick right out of the console. Fair. I think you guys might have saved me. From a yeah. bleak future, a dark yeah. timeline. In case you're Cyborg, Spider-Man, or Neighbor Craig, you know. <laughs> neighbor Craig could have done These it. are warnings. <laughs> neighbor warnings. Craig definitely did it. Do I'm not, positive. Do not take your cable arm and jerk it. No. It's going to end bad. And if it doesn't, I don't know. You you dodged a bullet. But, <laughs> um, that, but you're still going to do it because you can't resist the temptation, Raven. Let's I mean, it. you certainly if, can't resist talking yes. about it. <laughs> um, I, I mean, guys, we got a beefy show. Uh, do you think that we should sort of uh, just let those FinCast hosts of Christmas past jump on in? Is that you telling me I shouldn't be talking about this anymore? I mean, you can if you want. <laughs> Listen, I could talk about cybernetic masturbation uh, all day long. Nope. Let's get into it. All right. Thank you, dear listeners. Uh, without further ado, let's get rolling. So we are joined now with uh, one of the original Savage Fincast co-host, one Nick Justice, was there with us on our very first uh, pilot episode, episode zero. Whoa. Good to have you back, Nick. Hello. Good to be here. So uh, It's been a really long time, almost nine yeah. years uh, I don't. What? I don't think you were on. I think we had you on a couple times uh, as like an interview guest. I actually didn't go back and look. I probably should have done that, but because uh, <laughs> I know I know we talked about like your comic project at some point in the very far past. Wow. Uh, yeah. It's, oh. it's been ten years. Did you get it done? Oh my gosh! No, I didn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did. I have to go back and look and listen. What was it like? Uh, Jesus E. Lee, that was you? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that's what we talked about. That's way back in the rearview mirror. Dang. Yeah. He's so, still uh, alive in my heart. I don't care. <laughs> I think he's great. So, uh, how you been? How's uh, life been treating you these last decade and also uh, this year that is also a decade? A lot of moves, physical moves for me and my family. Um, actually, just moved back to Virginia. At the beginning of COVID quarantine, so like early March, we moved to Virginia from New Jersey. Um, Upgrade. Wait, so 
I know you sold your whole Savage Dragon collection, right? To yes, move? not oh. just my whole Savage Dragon collection, but every comic. Whoa, we need to talk about this. This, yeah. this is hurting my soul just hearing this. Like, like 23, 24 long boxes worth. How oh, was that all? That's, was it like as one collection to like a comic shop or yes, one one lump sum? And oh. you didn't, you weren't like, I'm just going to pull my Savage Dragon stuff right out of this just to keep this on the side. I, I knew if there was one thing that I would like wholeheartedly, as quick as possible, try to recollect would be Dragon. That was the goal. I said, I can, always, I can always get these back. And yeah, within a couple of months here in Virginia, I believe I had the, the entire run again. So oh, you did. Oh, yeah, I know. Even all those hard to get 200 issues. Yes. Everything. So you did it right before COVID, right? And then I remember seeing you like buying it back and, and trading with guys or whatever it was like on the Facebook pages. Yes. But were you noticing like the prices getting jacked up while you were doing this? Because I know like and, and for the listeners, like some of those back issues post 150 seem like they've really skyrocketed with COVID with everybody kind of. I was I was able to find a couple of shops here in Virginia in yeah. Richmond and Charlottesville that had issues in the two hundreds uh, at cover price. Oh, so, nice! So I was like, let me snag this up. I was I found two, like, I think two or three copies of uh, was it two twenty two? Is that the cover the with the black and white cover and the uh, the flames of the correct? Yes. Lightning Girl or whatever. What, Marsha. Uh, yeah, Marsha, I think, is on the cover, yeah. Yep. The black and white ones, you said? Yeah, the, the variant. There's a black and white wow. variant. Wow. I, I mean, because those prices are like through the roof on eBay now. eBay is ridiculous, first so of all. I just tried to avoid all of that. I was like, yeah. I'm not it's doing like, eBay. It's, it's weird, though, because I feel like the comic shops have now kind of caught up and noticed. Because I looked at my comic shop the other day just to see the back issues and like all the like kind of more recent back issues are like gone. So either like people are snagging them up or the shops are like putting yeah. them on eBay, boosting them up. So unfortunate. I mean, it's two sides of it. One thing, it's kind of cool that people are paying attention now and snapping up back issues and maybe hopefully collecting. But on the other side, it's like these things used to be, you know a penny a dozen or whatever you know what i mean it used to be like oh no big deal i can go get more if i want it or i can buy some and turn a friend on to it and now it's really hard to find them there is one issue i'm still trying to track down i think it's one 123 i think it's the uh, the wanted issue I have uh, the- uh no that's not 123 that is 132 no i think you're right somewhere around there i know it's no, where is it Using what are you that. looking for the the variant cover no, nah, I have the J.H. Williams variant. I'm looking for the regular Eric Larson, like, watercolored cover. I think it's 127. Uh, Is that the one with uh, Glenn? 128. A 128? That's the one that's got the J.G. Jones variant. Right. Want, the yes, wanted guys. That's yeah, the wanted yeah, yeah. one, yes. Yeah, All right, listeners, you hear that? The boy <laughs> Nick's looking for 128. Yeah, make it happen. The, the watercolor. The, cover, the, the dragon. I mean, the Eric Larson <laughs> cover, right? Right. The dragon's getting his face smashed. Sideways yeah. around. Yeah, yeah. Pretty sure I have that one. So that's pretty wild, though. How much do you think you spent to get that collection back? If you don't mind me asking that, me prodding into your personal financial affairs. Yeah, yeah. Give us the money. 
ballpark, honestly, probably under 400, 300. That's something. really good, dude. Yeah, it's good, but it's still like it hurts. Next yeah. time you have to sell your collection, just tell me. I will I will buy it from you and hold it like a pawn shop or something yeah, so you can get it, it back. For, yeah. it. <laughs> no, I will hold on to it. I I hate to see such a fan like have to go through that. I mean, I'm I'm so glad that you got it all back. Oh yeah, dude. And now you, I'm, I'm getting more stuff now that isn't even stuff I had before. I I realize a lot of my collection was it's, it's stuff I would never look at again. My tastes have changed. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. I'm getting more indie things now. It was a lot of, you know, mainstream DC and Marvel stuff that I, <clears throat> honestly, I would get things for artists that I like. And yeah. I'll actually get some of that back again. But prior, priority number one was getting Dragon back as quick as I could. Are you like into getting all the spinoffs too? Or did. No, nah, your... never was much into the spinoffs. Uh, you know what's funny, title. Nick? I never was either, man. I was absolutely a, I only need to read the main book. I don't give a shit about this other stuff. Jim and Craig's retros have put me on to that shit. So you might want to snap that up before it yeah, becomes yeah. hard to get to. Well, I saw your post recently, like yesterday, the with all the covers of the free yeah. force shoes and everything you yeah. picked up. I was only going to get a few, and then what's funny is I just started thumbing through, and I was like, wait a minute. I was like, ah, is it all here? And it was. And, I, and one copy of everything, too. So I was just like, oh, come on. I was like, if I don't if I don't just buy this, it will suddenly have gaps. I was like, screw it, and just went for it. Yeah, but I'm just telling you, like, yeah. It's, yeah Free, Free Force is actually a fun ride, and it's pretty consistent. I mean, since you're buying anyway, you might as well take that plunge. <laughs> as well all of my art books i had like two bookshelves worth of books too just gone but oh it's kind of good though sometimes when you're moving just to kind of clean out and and just there's some i I notice i have a lot of stuff i just don't look at and it's like well what am i holding on to this for and i honestly started packing the stuff up and i I didn't have much moving help at all oh didn't have money to hire anybody to do it for me so i just said you know i just i'm not going to take this stuff right just parted with it just it was it was it was hard to do but you know getting away with my family meant more than my books or comics sure sure wow what a journey though anyway are you uh you loving the new digs you adjusting um this is actually where i'm from hell so yeah dude from i live i couldn't to- tell it sounds like you have a boston accent what no, i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> So I'm like surrounded by chickens and cows. Hey, you talk to a, a man from West Virginia. That's good living. <laughs> it's it's a it's a change of pace. Like uh, the fast pace of like North Jersey and New York is a different world, man. You, you move back here and everybody's so laid back and in no hurry. <laughs> Do you have a comic shop down your way, or did you find a new place, or how are you getting your comics uh, fixed now? The comic shops are like an hour away. Wow. Richmond or Charlottesville. I, I, I'm just going back to the same main store and a couple little side stores that I used to go, shop at before I even moved to uh, New Jersey and went to the Kubert School. So the stores I was shopping at like over 10 years ago, I just reverted to going back to those shops again. So I, with them being an hour away, I'm assuming you what you like kind of like a once a month type of thing or? 
uh, once a week. Usually Saturday we have to go into the city anyway. Yeah. My son's karate and swim classes are on Saturday. So. Oh, cool. We take him to those and then hit the comic shop afterwards. And Hell yeah. Yep. Yeah, he loves it. He goes in and picks out. They have a nice young adult section and like kids book section and he'll pick out something and it's a pretty cool store nice awesome man it feels like you are constantly like a perpetual motion machine of sketch covers you're just a beast you never rest i can't this is like when my son was born four years ago mm-hmm. in february of 2016 i, I dropped my full-time job and just went completely freelance Gave it and just quit, and so I've been just doing freelance art, sketch. No kidding! Wow. Uh, Eleven by seventeen pieces. Uh, Crowdfunded a book that I'm currently working on. Is that plug it, man? Tell us, tell us about it. Uh, it's called Serpent Handler. Yes, dude. It's uh, I think I had a goal of five thousand. I wanted to reach. And I was able to cross that. I actually sold the original cover art for a grand, which was a blessing. Wow. To one of my uh one of the guys who gets a lot of sketch covers from me actually he threw that money down and bought the cover, so that put me over the top and then uh I just I funded it through Indiegogo mm-hmm. instead of Kickstarter. Indiegogo uh, you don't have to actually reach your goal to be funded though, right? Right. You can you still get the money? Um, a lot of people don't like it, I know, because of its affiliation with Comicsgate. Right. I'll say out front, but I want it to be known that I am not. <laughs> we know you, dude. We know you. You're good. <laughs> and people say, well, Why did you go through Indiegogo? Why did you use that to fund your book? And I just was like, Well, everybody else uses Kickstarter. I just wanted to, you know, it's another option. I want to see what it's like. I wasn't confident that I would reach my goal. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, 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 the service itself, I don't think, is affiliated. They just the books don't get funded, so they need a service that doesn't need full funding to get the money. Right. But, but you crushed your but goal, yeah, right? Excellent. I'm so happy yeah. that you actually, uh, you know, achieved your goal. But the move to Virginia and COVID and everything, and then I got another gig that I committed to has sort of put me behind. So I'm running late on that on my crowdfunding book. Thankfully, the people that have backed me, I've given them some updates, and they they understand. <laughs> Thankfully, they're not. So beyond like just the initial crowd crowdfunding, is that going to book, book going to be available to you know uh, people after the fact? Like, if you wanted to buy it now, could you get in on it somehow? Yes, you can. It's still in demand. On mm-hmm. um, so I just had a patron a couple of days ago out of nowhere, and that's the way it always happens. Every one week I'll get a couple extra patrons and it might, you know, the next week nothing. And then out of nowhere, someone else will make a contribution. You know, it might just be the book or they might buy a book and a pinup or nice the sticker combo or whatever. Or I haven't sold many original pages of art, but I did sell the cover. So that's cool. What <laughs> you should do, that servant handler is a badass character. I mean, what? I I drew him in the cameo. Yeah, Holy yeah. shit, he's great, dude. Nice. What's the easiest way to like find the campaign? Uh, go to indiegogo.com and just 
if you type in serpent handler in the search window, it'll bring you right to it. Should just take you straight to nice. it. Awesome. Or if you go to my if you go to my Instagram, Nick Justice Art, it should be a link in my uh, profile on Instagram, I think. Nice. I, I had it there. It should still be there. I hope. <laughs> I feel like with a name Nick Justice, you were like predestined to be into superhero comics. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Remember, that's J-U-S-T-U-S, folks. Yes. But Nick I got, Justice. Last, last October, I got a gig for an indie comic, Penciling and Inking. Uh, so I'm about to wrap up my fifth issue of that next week. Awesome, dude. Then I can jump back into Serpent Handler. But, I mean, this... This project has put me behind, but it was a paying gig for an, a cool indie book, and I couldn't turn it down. I was like, I better do this. It's a fun project. It's five issues guaranteed with the possibility of more. So I have a feeling after this fifth issue is done, I'll probably be asked if I want to do more or not. So is it under wraps, or can you tell us what it is? Oh, yeah. It's uh, called And Bonnie. Like a pirate adventure, magic comic. Cool. Mm-hmm. What com- is there how, under how, a label, like a company? How is that spelled? Uh, Anne Bonnie. A M N E B O N I E. Nice. I hear Jim typing it up as we speak. Uh, from Blue Juice. Blue Juice Comics. Blue Juice. Yes. Ah, you like the juice, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Hey Nick, uh, you got to give us the elevator pitch for Serpent Handler, man. You, I mean, such a cool character. Like, sell the people. Give them, give them that. I got this elevator ride to dazzle someone. Pitch, because it's great. In one sentence, imagine if Jack Kirby took a He-Man action figure, a massive first action Sold. figure, <laughs> gripped it in his hand, in his tight fist, and jammed it down your throat. <laughs> and that is so accurate, dude. I'm sold. It, it's I'm good. Sold. He's he's like a fucking pyramid headed dude riding a tiger with like seven legs. <laughs> I'm not even joking. It's fucking awesome, man. It's I love great. Comics. I've been listening to a lot of uh well I haven't that's the that's the toughest part of this year for me, honestly, is is we've had our son at home. Every day, and I work from home, and thankfully my wife does too. She uh, she still works for the company out of New Jersey that she worked for in right. New Jersey. They gave her a computer, and she st- still does the same thing. But I used to listen to music and podcasts and, and, and all this content while I worked, and, and that's just been slashed to nothing this year. <laughs> so I haven't been able to really enjoy myself with music or or just – my conditions that I'm used to working in. So, so I'm assuming like internet, it's the issue, right? Well, I mean, I'm, I work like in the room next to my wife. Uh huh. So she likes silence. Oh, got it. Okay. The son's there with the TV on watching what he wants to watch or working on what he wants to work on. We have to work with him on his remote schoolwork. Mm-hmm. And so it's, you know, next to impossible unless I can, and if I put in some earbuds or something to listen to music, I'm 
<laughs> I can't be attentive. I'm tuned out and not, you know, paying attention to him or what he needs and stuff. So it's ugh. so I'll come to my mom's and use her internet. It's bad. <laughs> <laughs> So let's uh let's talk about Savage Dragon a little bit. Like, what? Uh, I know we've been asking all of our kind of former hosts on this uh, podcast what they have thought about um, the direction that it's going in. I mean, with Paul Dragon back in the picture, what's your what's been your reaction post kind of two fifty? I bit my knuckles and I said, "Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, "No, Eric didn't. No, he didn't." No, he didn't. No, he didn't. What is he doing? <laughs> I mean, I was so, pumped. All right. I was going to say, no, he didn't in a good way or no, he didn't in a oh, bad way. Good way. Good way. Yeah. Honestly, I was like, I was surprised it took him this long to do it. I right? With Paul Dragon in the picture? That, yeah, you think it, like, is he ever going to bring him into the fold? When, when will it happen if he ever does it? Somehow, some way. And how will he do it? I thought it was taboo. I thought he was just never going to do it. When he teased him in two, uh, in the merging of the multiverse, I thought maybe he was going to do something then. But then Dragon yeah. died. And so then mm-hmm. I forgot about him. Right. And he, then he surprised us. I went out and bought the second printing of issue 250 as well. I did pick that up. Nice. Because I'm a sucker for Eric's... Uh, Trade dress, the the old Marvel looking, the old school. You How know, many there. covers did you buy of that of the second print of uh, two fifty? Oh, two fifty in, in general. Oh, two fifty in general. Uh, one of the regular Eric cover. Mm-hmm. Honestly, didn't want anyone else's covers. Right. Sure. Fair. And then just the reprint. <laughs> if I had gotten one, I probably would have gotten the Walt Simonson. If I could have mm-hmm. find what? it, but I didn't see it anywhere. So. <laughs> Then the second print, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And a handful of the white sketch covers. I was going to say you had to get yeah, some sketch you're sketching covers. away. And I got like three or four of the green covers. Oh, oh what? really? What? <laughs> you high roller. <laughs> no, nah, I didn't pay for them. Don't worry. About <laughs> <laughs> I paid. I didn't. I initially didn't buy them off of the, uh, was it Scorpion Comics or wherever? I didn't go through them. Uh-huh. Right. I got one in a trade for a trade for something. I can't remember what it was. And then drugs. Mm-hmm. Probably. Or, uh, did you say ass? No. Ass. Oh. He did. He did. Right? On the tip of his I heard tongue. that. Yeah. On the tip of his tongue. He's like, ah. Uh, I'm like, mm-hmm. Ass. We heard it. We heard it. Nick, just ass. I don't want you, <laughs> I don't want you losing listeners. <laughs> <laughs> They love it. This is what they come for. Yeah, a guy sent me one in the mail for a, in exchange for a sketch cover. He wanted a Dungeons and Dragons sketch cover. Bad trade on his part. So I drew that for him. Sucker. And I think I have a third one, but I don't recall how I got it. I think I, yeah, that's one I did pay for on eBay. I just, like, uh, yeah, I did. (laughs) <laughs> million dollar question and we were all asking it even eric was like what would ever be go on these and would look good so you're a sketch cover guy like when you look at that green cover like w- what comes to your mind what are you thinking as a sketch artist like sketch cover artist 
dragon first and foremost. I mean, somebody's going to want a dragon sketch cover eventually. Right. Well, I mean, I got like three of them. So if and when there ever are conventions again, like if I can get to New York, mm-hmm. if I'm not tabling at New York, I'm going to go to Eric and get a commission on one, hopefully. What are you thinking? Uh, artist choice. Oh, nice. I don't want to, I'm not going to like ask Eric to do this, that, and the other and try to play his art director or something. No, I want him to do what he wants to do. He's going to draw you a guy in Duder. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. What do you well, like draw on the green? Do you use like the, you're going to just use regular ink or are you going to go with something different? Uh, acrylic paint. <clears throat> I'll be some paint. Some, yeah. Uh, I I want to try pastels and like do like a spray adhesive clear coat or something. Whoa! You could take sandpaper and actually sand the color off or sand. What? So I might do experiment. I ruined a Detective Comics cover a couple of days ago trying to do that. <laughs> a, a blue copy of issue ten twenty seven of Detective. Let me experiment I- with this and then just didn't turn out the way I wanted it to, so I'm a little reluctant to try that <laughs> on a dragon issue. I might, I might not do that. I know that a lot of these cats, they're into, like, using whiteout, and it looks great. It's not archival, so it's, like, I feel like it's going to look shitty and, you know, turn bad. So, like, you mentioned paint. Are you into, like, paint jelly rolls or, like, uh, jelly roll pins or, like, whiteout? Like, how do you do your white? Like, if it was a green cover and you want to pop some white highlights on it, like, what's yep. your choice there? I've used white acrylic. Um, I can't remember what the white ink is called. Pro white. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Jelly roll, plenty of jelly roll. I'll jelly use rolls. white hmm. Prismacolor pencil. Okay. The basic white Prismacolor pencil that works great for me uh-huh. usually. Um, but I mean, usually I do sketch covers, and people have them slabbed or something so i don't you know if they're encased i don't think anything's gonna i don't think the elements are gonna bother the artwork over time it should stay pretty pristine cool i guess (laughs) (laughs) we'll see (laughs) we'll find out in 20 years 30 years we gotta ask we asked everybody um 252 you know the salute to the funnies how'd that hit you not my favorite initially i was Uh i wrote Eric, a uh, heartfelt letter about it. <laughs> uh, I mean, I appreciate that he did it. I really like that he did it, but it just wasn't my, it left me wanting more regular dragon. Sure. It was like, I didn't feel like I didn't get my monthly dose or something mm-hmm. because it wasn't his standard patented artwork. It was, you know, right. him aping other artists, but I did like that it, uh, that he did touch on plot points and story. It was story driven. It wasn't, you know, just for the sake of him doing these various styles of, of cartoons. It wasn't just that. You know, he was mm-hmm. able to still advance the story a little move bit. The story exactly instead of just having fun with it. And I can see he had fun with it. It just left me a little. I don't know. He's done it before. Yeah. With Even the, if it's just one month. Yeah. 
yeah, still kind of bother you, even if it's just one month, knowing that it's going to be back like the next month. Yeah, I just I don't know. Did yeah, you ever come around? Me. Or still not feeling it to two fifty two in its entirety? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm mixed emotions about it. I'm not. Would there would there have been a, a strip highlighted that would have uh, made you feel any different? Would there have been something in there you'd been like, oh, you, you, you got me, you. <laughs> I think my favorite is still his riff on Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah. Fair. Did sure. you get the newest issue yet? Yes, picked it up today. What'd you think about that? I, I mean, you had the kind of the continuation of that. Yeah, it was pretty surprising. Like, oh man. So we're free to talk about this. Yes. In okay. fact, that was a fun thing. Uh, we, 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 uh, a little behind the curtains there. Uh, everybody else didn't have this luxury, so we're going to take advantage of it with Nick. You know, you get to see Walter introduced in 252. You get to actually see him in Eric's style in 253. Yeah. Didn't you think that was kind of cool? It threw me for a loop because, you mean, when you open up the book, you're not expecting to see this tiger man, this tiger <laughs> Right. Like, what the hell is this? It's like, oh yeah, he was in the the last issue, and and I see everyone saying, you know, they would like on the uh, on the on Facebook on the Facebook they're saying they want to see the character, you know, more often. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Eric's own talkie tawny kind of. Yeah, he's got the you know the plaid, the checkered pants, and the the cool looking jacket. How's he hit you? How are you feeling about Walter? Uh, I want to, you know, I want to find out where he's from. We know where he's from. He's from, G- he- he's from Gene Tech. He's one of the one of the human oh. monster human yeah. hybrids. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. Animal human hybrids. I mean, that's yep. what Buffalo Stew was, and those dogs yep. that Amy beat up. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that's and actually Eric confirmed that with the comic book dot com interviews that he does. Cool. So. It's definitely okay. confirmed. That makes more sense to me now. It just seems to be a problem that these uh, gene tech creatures are just around. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, it's working out pretty good since we got us Tiger Man. Hell yeah. <laughs> good deal. Real win-win. Buffalo Stew is still around. I like that uh, Malcolm is wearing a Black Lives Matter shirt. That I saw that immediately. I thought that was cool. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. And Rogue Warrior, since we haven't seen him in so long. Man, I love Rogue Warrior. He is a badass. I, I forgot the head hand blasts. It's cool to see that again. Yeah. Nick, cool. uh, how you feeling about uh, Rogue Warrior's uh, potential friends with benefits uh, arrangement with Dart? <laughs> well, that's actually uh, been kind of going on since like the first time Dart took over the Vicious Circle because. Uh, Rogue Warrior was like one of her like lieutenants, or at least one of his her like big guns. Oh yeah. So I always got the impression back then that they had to kind of possibly a thing going on. Oh. Maybe not. I didn't know that. I'd have to actually go back and check, but I'm pretty sure he was kicking around uh, back when she was um, leading the vicious circle the first time. Well, mark my words: two fifty four Rogue Warrior. Dies. I hope not. <laughs> no, dude. Yeah. No, Nick. No. no. I mean, his time who, will come. Who kills him? 
Yeah, how? Uh, Dart or dragon? Oh, no, Dart. Oh, no, dude. Well, Dart, <laughs> yeah, doesn't, have, Dart doesn't have the god sword anymore. Well, I guess you can go shark. So I guess you can totally rip people's hearts out, can't she? Good point. Yeah, dude, we haven't seen the, the shark in a while. It's swimming beneath the sea. Shark. That's what I thought you said. Shark. Oh, yeah. Shark, Dart. Um, I'm... I always dig. Uh, let me see, Nikos's colors. His colors have been. Aren't they so good? Amazing. They're really? popping lately on the past few issues since two fifty. Really, um, he's actually one of the guys I was able to buy a bunch of the bulk issues from. Nice. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I see, like a lot of his, um, like the the complimentary issues that he's been getting. Yeah, probably had a stack. So he went back to when he first started coloring the book, and I was able to score the majority of the issues he colored. Nice, how cool! And he and sh- that's what's that's what's the best about like the Savage Dragon community, like tight knit community. I'm yeah. sure he's like he knows that you're a long time collector. And it was on a step up, and he I guess he saw one of my my pleading sap story posts or something. <laughs> <laughs> He took pity on me because he was like the last person I would expect to like, he, you know, he messaged me and responded to me. So I was. So he shipped him off from Greece. Yeah. So that is cool, man. That is so cool. I paid for him. Not, uh, he cut me a little deal. (laughs) Yeah, but it's still cool. I mean, the way the prices were getting jacked up and everything. So. And, yeah. and to be able to get it all from one source, I mean, I, you know, the, a lot of these late issues are hard to, to get because it's just low print runs. Nick, I, I, I am really good. I oh, was going to say, I'm really happy that you did. You were able to get everything because I saw your post and I was worried that, you know, it was going to be tough for you to get everything back. So many people that want to get into Dragon now and want to get into it for the single issues are having a tough time finding them. I was able to get the essentials volumes before I even completed the you know, the single issue collection again. I was able to pick up those. No, oh, the archives, the black yeah. and white collections. Yeah. And I love those things. Yeah, they're great, aren't they? Love those. I sit around and huff those. I just <laughs> <laughs> just <sighs> finger through the pages and just yeah. let the breeze yeah. <laughs> flow <laughs> over you. Oh. Question: uh, We got your uh, Nikos take. Uh, let's hear some, uh, you know, your feedback on. Because uh, think, guys, we've not heard Nick get to talk about Mister Farron Delgado. I was just going to mention him. That was my next uh, next thing I was going to comment on. Uh, I like his lettering overall. It's it's still I'm still getting used to it because of the shape of his word balloons, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. and some of his sound effects, it's it's grown on me. His mm-hmm. work has grown on me. Um, and didn't I see Eric say something recently about Farron's um, resemblance in his work to uh, an older letterist that Eric was fond of? Well, it's Artie Simak, probably. Right. Yeah. So. It's definitely like that old school Marvel party yeah. lettering. And that's what I keep in mind when I'm reading, and especially when I read 253 today. I'm like, okay, now it's 
it's gelling a little more for me. Uh, the thing I like best is, you know, a digital letter that can fool you into making you believe that it's handwritten. And I think that he yeah. does a great job. Right. I, I, there's some issues where you can look at and you can tell right off the bat, you know, I, and we've talked about this on the FinCast with the sound effects, you know, and, and stuff like that when you can see that things are just resized or whatever. But yeah, I feel like Farron just does an amazing job kind of tricking your eye into thinking that it's handwritten. There's a splash page in 253 uh, where Rogue Warrior is rimrodding Malcolm, just knocking the hell out of him. Mm -hmm. Big old red doom at the top of the page. That's striking. I like the way Farron was able to, in 252, was able to emulate all of the different lettering styles of the the comic strips and was able to draw the titles the way he did. I believe the title. We definitely hit on that. I felt like he was like the unsung hero on that because the lettering is such a big part of the overall package when it comes to those strips. I hate to, I hate to keep things rolling, but I just, I just gotta know, like, uh, are you uh, Team Maxine, or you think she's Team Obscene? <laughs> I'm Team Team Maxine. Nice. Fuck yeah. Because uh, I don't know. I like her. I I didn't initially. Mm-hmm. It's another one of those things, I guess. Just like when he, Eric changes up creative part of his creative team, like lettering or coloring, it takes a while to get used to. It's a mm-hmm. shock, you know. It, and Ravens definitely battled me a lot on it where I was just like, ah, oh, it's too much. And then I come around and I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. It's just Eric doing his thing. And that's the charm of Savage Dragon is that he's just going to do what he wants and take it or leave it. But it's just good for the the comic as a whole that somebody just just does what they want. You know, you just that's I think that's the charm of Savage Dragon. I don't know if you agree with that, but it's just like. Wherever he wants to take it, he's going to take it. No editor is going to tell him what to do. And you're going to be surprised and shocked. And you'll get used to it. And as soon as you get used to it, something different will happen. And when I started collecting Dragon, like me and my buddies from the beginning, a couple friends of mine, and that's why they fell off. They didn't keep collecting like I did because they just didn't like change. Yeah. But uh, I've stuck with Eric and Savage Dragon since the beginning, so... Even when I had to part with the whole collection, it you know it didn't take long to rebuy it. That was, like I said, the priority. <laughs> I feel like like with co- corporate comics and stuff, change is more forgiven because teams come in and out every ten issues or fifteen issues or even less. Mm-hmm. So like it's more accepting with something like Savage Dragon where it's one guy. It's like the minute there's change, it's like. It's a big deal to people because they've yeah. gotten used to something and it's one guy doing it all. And so. And how do you not expect someone to evolve? Oh, absolutely. Over time. I mean, what, how can you just do the same thing over and over again? You know, that like you can't have it both ways. Yeah. Well, Nick, you're an artist uh, and a comic artist at that. It's like, can you imagine like being expected to do the same thing for 28 years? Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the back of. Paul Dragon on the back of the of uh, 253 is on the back cover from 1982. I mean, imagine if Eric still drew like that. Right, right. right. I mean, <laughs> that's not even the art that people you know that initially bought Dragon 
1992, 93. That's not what the, they never knew about this, the older stuff. Right, right. right. So it, would- it, it, it's amazing though, like thinking as like a young kid, and I don't know, Nick, did you collect it when it first came out? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh. And, and so didn't you think like, oh man, this art can't get any better than this. This is amazing. And then when you go back and look at it, you just notice it's just not, it's just stiff in some places. I mean, it still looks great, but he's, it it definitely like drives me crazy when people are like, he's not as good as he used to be. And it's like, well, he's evolved and like, he's learned how to make shortcuts and he's just, it's better cartooning overall, you know, big time dude. And I think a lot of these people that say things like that probably haven't collected the book in forever. Oh yeah. In the first place, and it'll be the first to comment about the Biden cover, and or you know, <laughs> right? You know, there were people really just like, God damn it, I hate this! Like just had like furious. I can't do it anymore. I can't. I can't do it anymore. I. You, you figure he would have shed those people a long time ago, though, because he's not like this is something new, you know. Well, I mean, I. Only thing that came to mind was, is do they just buy the comic and put it away and not read it? it there's <laughs> I, probably I, uh, definitely some of that going on for sure. But I, th- I think most of it is people that don't even collect it. Like the whole, I'm, I'm not buying this anymore. I'm dropping this comic. Oh, come on. You never bought it. If this is what's shocking right. you now, you never bought it. Let's right. be real. I have to ask. Uh, sorry, go ahead. I feel like I've been asking too much. I was going to say, it. it, it it's my experience that there are a lot of like quote unquote, well, quote unquote, but fans who seem to like be art, art focused mm-hmm. yet don't seem to know a lot about the process or like oh, yeah. how, time, how comic art comes about, how it evolves over time. There seems to be a lot of ignorance about that. That's why yeah. people get latched on to like the early rougher days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know, I, I honestly also feel like, there's not a lot of comics like Savage Dragon where you can just look at somebody's career for whatever, how many years, 20 plus years on one comic and see the evolution like that. Right. So you might get guys that work, like you said, 10 issues on one and then jump to another and jump. So that the change isn't so noticeable right. because they're working on different properties and, and stuff like that. But so, so many people call it, see it as a de-evolution rather yeah, than evolution. You're right. And that's not healthy because it's like so ignorant of the, of the truth. Mm-hmm. Artists, it, I don't know if it becomes simpler. I'm not an artist, but you simplify things that used to be complex over time because you get better mm-hmm. at drawing it. Yeah. yeah. So you don't, Every you, you don't, you don't, need, to, you don't need to labor over like the detail or like background mm-hmm. details as much as you used to, that sort of thing. Right. Or just understanding cartooning in general. We don't need to make these over-complicated costumes. Learning from the masters that keep it simple. Yeah. It's cartooning. You know, it's it's more crazy. Work, more line work doesn't always equal more quality. Or it doesn't, you know. Well, and in, in, in these artists have been, di- you know, they're learning from guys that learn from guys that learn from Kirby or whatever. So, like, every generation gets more diluted and further from, like, the perfected kind of state, I feel like, in a way. And maybe you guys yeah. disagree with that, but, you no, know. It, you're right. It, it's like, you know, 
I don't know. It's the same thing with like architecture and everything and music. There's like a certain generation that seems like they perfect it and then it kind of goes downhill after that. I don't know if, if that's true, but, uh, you know, I, that's the way I feel sometimes. Like you can look at old buildings and be like, that looks amazing. You know, like the architecture. And then you see new stuff that's built and it just looks like a cardboard castle or something. Yeah, you, know? you, you just don't appreciate the brutal architecture stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Brutalist gym. I uh, love it. It's just anything, you know, music, you know, you get to a point where the Beatles or Jimi Hendrix perfected something. And then you listen to something now and it's like, it seems to be going in the wrong direction. And I don't know if that's just me being old and getting old and grumpy, but. I don't know. I'm an old grump, but I love modern music. <laughs> yeah. Guys, times are running low. I have okay. to, I can't let Nick go without asking him. It's just, and I think listeners need to hear it too. Uh, Nick, please talk to us about uh, Officer Justice. Oh, wow. Yeah. Who, who is that? <laughs> yeah, what? I used to be a correctional officer. What? Yeah, man. Back in the day, 2001 to 2008. Mm-hmm. Uh, before I, I abruptly walked out of that job and mm-hmm. attended the Hubert School. Uh, nice. <laughs> so, yeah, I uh, walked a beat in the prisons here in Virginia for about seven years. I was a firearms training officer when I was there, training other officers how to shoot shotguns and rifles and handguns and uh, and just, you know, counted inmates and did transportation runs, would take them to hospital appointments and things like that, funerals. Uh, you wound up in Chicago, didn't you? <laughs> Weren't you aren't you in the book? <laughs> aren't I you, was. Aren't, yeah. Wasn't I in the book? I think you were. Wait, what you? are you talking about? You guys are being too cryptic here. Yeah. I thought, I thought you were in the book. Is an officer justice in the book? I was. No, there was a, there was a character, Eric. Killed abruptly. I think he named him after me. Yeah, that's what I was hinting at. Yeah, I think it's a cool Easter egg. Was it was, was just... it Nick Justice or Officer Officer Nick Justice? Justice? I don't remember this. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, oh. yeah, that's what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to ask your your dark past. Yeah, no, I, I, I was like, I was like, you, you were just trying grenade. to like get to the book, and he's like just being like, you know, I had to. <laughs> Nick's like, like, I killed some guys. It's not fun. I don't like talking about it. They like call you the big boss man. And I haven't had a drink in a week. (laughs) Do cartwheels and call yourself big boss man. I could now. Back then I was a bit leaner. (laughs) But now, if I went back, which I would never do again. Oh, hell no. Yeah, it's got to be a tough job. Wow, I uh, I legitimately meant to talk about your uh, about your character, your little cameo there. You learned about his dark past. It's okay. <laughs> so, you know, that's what these interviews are for, guys. We want to meet the men who help make the FinCast. <laughs> and I think with that, we should close this one out. Yeah. Dude, it, it's been so great talking to you, Nick. It's been a long time. Um, yeah, thanks for having you me. Yes, it's you you were the the first. You were up there. You know me. You and, and Jim started this off, and then some imposter named Raven kind of butted himself in <laughs> the whole process. But I'm derailed okay. it. It's all, all gone right. downhill. Every minute of it. So if you guys ever want to invite me back again, I would gladly do it, and I would come over to my mom's and hop on her internet. <laughs> we might take you up on that. I think we will. Actually, I mean, we really did enjoy talking to you. Um, do you have anything you want to? Anything else you want to plug before we we take off? Um, 
Uh, plug my two comics I'm working on. I'm working on Anne Bonnie for Blue Juice Comics, penciling and inking five issues currently. They'll be in previews early next year in previews magazine for uh, comic shops. So have your LCS order some of those, please. And my crowdfunded book, Serpent Handler, is currently in demand on Indiegogo. That's Serpent Handler. And that's past due, but I am slowly but surely working on it. So that'll be coming out next year as well. Awesome. Awesome. Fantastic. Yeah, the work is incredible, man. Uh, I think you're doing really good. And I think uh, if people just, if they only see Serpent Handler, it's one of those visuals. I mean, I know I gushed about it earlier, but I'm just going to close out strong with that praise. Because, bro, they just see the visual, they'll be on board. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> all right man all right guys thanks again thank so you much. so much thank you nick yep thanks for coming on we'll definitely have you on again thank you very much so i'm pretty excited to introduce our next guest on this special episode um friend of the show uh guy that was with us on our first episode which was actually our second episode if that makes sense because zero was our first and Number one is our first, I guess. Test, test case. <laughs> um, Adam O. Pruitt, who uh, we're excited to have back. We haven't talked to you, Adam, in how many years now? Maybe seven years since you left us on that fateful December 2013. No, I'm just kidding. I think it's been about. I think it's been about 36 years. <laughs> we uh, yeah. we've evolved. We no longer sound like we're recording inside of a garbage can. Um, but yeah, a lot has happened and I know, uh, you've taken on kind of new positions in the comics industry. You've actually been working with Eric on Savage Dragon and certain things like the funnies. So maybe you can tell us a little bit what's been going on with you in the past seven years since, since you were on the FinCast. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's nice to talk to you guys. Uh, um, uh, I, I do basically a short version of my day job is I do Photoshop stuff at dark horse. Um, nice. artists send us things that are, I'm sorry. <laughs> artists send us things that are never, uh, they're, they're never really quite in spec and we fix them for print and we work alongside editors and designers to, and the artists to basically put the books together. And um, it's a very, very uh, tedious kind of stuff, but sometimes you get to do fun, creative stuff like painting and and stuff uh, on the tablet, and that's cool. And it's it's a lot of really, really uh, mostly boring stuff, like playing with different uh, Photoshop channels, and you have to be uh, have a specific kind of uh, broken brain for this stuff to be interesting to you um but like it's really interesting to me like i can tell you what rich black blend that tom luth uses that nobody else uses and and like nobody uh cares about this but me and so it's a good job for me to have how long you been with dark horse now like it was it's been a while right uh about five and a half years wow yeah and yeah. you still doing like some freelance on the side i know like you were working with michelle fife on certain design and stuff like that right yeah still working with michelle um still doing some stuff on savage dragon uh, although it's yeah. just less less and less frequent um 
um, well, and well, still like all all of the lettering stuff too that I do is is on the freelance side. It like there's it kind of just depends on how busy I am. But there, um, I went from being basically doing lettering full time to to Dark Horse, and so the the you know extra stuff kind of took a back seat. But for, for the listeners, like you are the one that kind of uh, coordinates and puts together the funnies, right? For Savage Dragon, uh, you curate at least the the strips for Eric. Yeah, it's a little confusing because there's been a lot of different things called funnies or called things that have funnies in the name, right? Um, and sometimes he runs comic strips himself, like, like, like stuff he gets from um, Chris G and things like that. But right. the ones that just say funnies on the top of them or the funnies, those are all those are all stuff that I put together um, with artists that I know or artists that I've I've found and, and enjoyed. And um, they, they are there's really no point in doing them except that they're fun to put together. And um, and uh, he's never objected to any of the things that I've sent, which has been cool. Cause I just sensed, I don't like there's, there was, I think one strip that I asked Eric, Hey, is this cool? And he was like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> well, and I think, that. yeah, one, one other, one of the, uh, I think there was one strip that we didn't run because it was, it was step, it stepped on a joke that was in the book that was in the, uh, going to be in the issue uh, of the book. Um, um, but yeah, it, it's that's a lot of fun. Uh, becoming also less frequent, but but when we do do it, we it's a lot of fun to put together. Um, like uh, I don't remember what issue this was, but a fairly recent one where it was a, a double page spread, and and I kind of went to town uh, with the newsprint stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which again, that's that's production nerdery. Uh, it's right. just. That's just like, oh, I have a really great paper texture that I bought from a, a pulp book, and then I scanned <laughs> the book and I erased all of the words out of the page, and I'm using this texture now. <laughs> I love like the one with like the fake ads and stuff, like the send away for things. Uh, I think you oh yeah, that... when you put in the ad for the FinCast, which we're eternally grateful for you to you know, put that together for us. But... Oh yeah, anytime that we have, ro- have anytime that there's room to put in a shout out to the FinCast. Um, and and that one was fun. Uh, the first, like several of the ads in that, are real ads. Like mm-hmm. like and then and then there are there's one for FinCast. There's ones for Copra, and then there's a bunch of like made up ads. Um, but <laughs> um, some of some of the like text from the real ads is verbatim what it was, <laughs> which is crazy. It, it, like w- w- which insane. is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you've had a lot of great strips that you've curated and, and put in there. Like some of my favorite stuff was even, like even before like Chris Eliopoulos kind of blew up, you brought back like the Misery Loves Sherman because he had the Desperate Times back in the day, and I remember you saying that you know you enjoyed seeing that. So to get him back in for a little bit, uh, our boy Simon Millette with the Average Dragon, who introduced Virgil, who ended up being a yeah. character in the main series, was cool. Things like yeah, that House was cool. Dead. Uh, Night Watchmen with the, the Big Bang with Chris Eckers. That's cool. Uh, and then lately we've been seeing things like Moonbeard and Hecafido. And, you know, it's kind of fun. I love having that little, like, added kind of variety at the end of each issue. And uh, I'm glad that you kind of worked with Eric to get that 
back into the book. Um, yeah, that stuff has been fun and it's been going on for, I mean, it's not in every issue, but it, um, but it's, it's been going on for a while now and, and I'll probably keep doing them, but just, just on occasion and um, when I can. Does Eric ask for them or do you get them done in advance for when they're needed? He, he, little of column A, little of column B, he usually will tell me like if he has room in an issue and Uh, sometimes I have stuff to send him in advance. Uh, very, very often, uh, like I have, you know, like a section that I built already that that is not complete, and then he'll get in touch and say that he's finishing up an issue, and and I'll be like, okay, well, if I get one more strip in here, then I have a then I have a funnies page, and um, I have I have some more. Uh, kind of inventory stuff and and um there's no real plan other than it's fun and and i can kind of do whatever i want with it um and so that's been cool um but i was gonna um you reminded me with mentioning chris iliopoulos it it's weird now like isn't it weird seeing uh, i bought his his books there you, there's a there's like a mail away on the back back of you know a raisin brand box <laughs> yeah he's got so a whole tv show books. thing going on right now too right <laughs> I, yeah he's something uh it's really cool to see um and you know obviously long deserved uh, in uh, the, january i went to uh, a hospital for a family member and on i was it was like i was driving like super late at night everything's super pitch black and there was an electric sign on the way to the hospital and there was his art oh wow promoting promoting something in the middle of nowhere west virginia something about like gandhi or mother Teresa or something i was like what i was like what yeah those books are really big and and, you know and those ones that he's been doing that are just his the monster mayhem and cosmic commando that my my youngest loves those books like he just started to read recently and those are like some of his absolute favorite things and he has access to like everything so it's saying something that he picks mm-hmm. those out and and um you know they're a lot of fun it's the perfect kind of thing for his age and yeah um do you remember the uh his franklin richards book for marvel yeah i think i, I still have some of those comics <laughs> I got the very first commission, uh, well, convention sketch of Franklin Richards by him. It was like right oh, when nice. he came out, and he was at the New York Con with Eric, sitting by Eric, and I just asked nice. for you know a sketch, and he's like, "I think it's the first one I did." But uh, like I said, it's it's crazy to see how big he's gotten, and uh, couldn't have couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. So you know, I saw yeah. him at I saw I guess I met him at Terrificon because he got I, I got a G Man issue signed by him. Uh, I didn't get us. No, did, you're thinking of uh, oh. Chris Giarusso. Oh wow, wow, <laughs> wow! Am I an idiot? <laughs> How dare you confuse a Chris with a Chris? <laughs> the Chris's. That's okay. Uh, the uh, I think I have a. I don't. I, I, I'm sure I still have this because I save everything. Um, but um, I have a M- Marty and Toad sketch from nice. Uh. I want to say 2000. Yeah. Probably. Cool. So, um, 
and I probably was San Diego or something like that. And, and, um, and I think he had like, he was there. Um, I think they were having him sign X-Men movie posters because he had, <laughs> he had lettered some X-Men comics like recently. And they were like, and I was like, fuck the X-Men. <laughs> I want to talk about desperate times and lettering. <laughs> Well, speaking of lettering, like I've seen that you, you can't. You, we don't have. We haven't had uh, any funnies, I think, since two forty seven. But you are lettering the Ethrian backup by Fosco and Carlson, which originally appeared in Vanguard Ethereal Warriors, right? And now is kind of serialized and in color with Nico doing right. an amazing job on coloring, but. Uh, tell me yeah. a little bit about the process of the lettering on that. Are you actually redoing all of the lettering, or are you just reformatting it for the serial? No. So this is, um, that project has had a very long, uh, like, very long history. It was originally supposed, I believe, it was really going to be a serial in Vanguard, right? Because it's Vanguard. done. It was done as a serial. Like, there's chapters. Mm-hmm. And then, at, yeah, eventually it was just published altogether as a one shot. Right. And so I think the stuff that Chris Iliopoulos lettered um, was the stuff that was the first two chapters. That, that, and then when they when they put the book together, you know, he was busy, or or, or for whatever reason, um, Gary lettered the rest of it himself, and it's all it was all like pasted up. Because this was mm. 1999, 2000 yeah. area, and and um, and they had, and they reordered the story, and mm. so the pages jump from one from Chris's letters to Gary's letters to back again, and the the um, the transition is is really stark uh, between the that Chris's hand lettering and the pasted up uh, yeah. font, and so they always wanted to get it redone. To, to for at least Gary's section to get redone to to match Chris's more closely, and um, so Chris's stuff is still intact. We're not relettering that stuff. I'm just relettering the rest of it and um, trying to match it as closely as I can using a, a font that is fairly similar to some of his old hand lettering stuff, um, and. Uh, it's back in its original order, and the other major thing that they they've been wanting to do forever is to get it colored, um, and 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 just over like about five or six years ago, um, Gary sent me all this stuff because he he has all this like he has xeroxes of the original art as well as um, basically xeroxes of what was published, and <clears throat> the great thing about all the original art is it didn't have the paste ups on it. So I was like, oh, sweet, we can scan all this stuff. And then I re- looked at the stuff that was published and saw that a lot of the art had changed because they'd like, they'd done a bunch of corrections. Like Frank yeah. had gone in and changed and fixed stuff. Like there's one character who has this, this, this uh, like his head, the headpiece on top of his uh, helmet is, was removed. And so he just had to draw it out in every panel. And um, so basically I scanned in both sets of, pages for ethereal warriors and then went through and covered the pasted up lettering with the old art just in just in in these weird balloon shapes and then (laughs) we sent all that stuff off of off to 
Nikos and Mike and, um, anyway, it's been this long, ridiculous process. Um, <laughs> and I'm so stoked to finally see it in color. Yeah. I, it, it's so much it, like, it just, it's really good for this, like, you know, E3 and Kirby epic type yep. energy. Yeah. I think it flows better too the way that it was reorganized, you know, the, the, the chronology, I guess, of the pages. Yeah, I think it should make a little bit more sense and just read as even though it's being serialized, I think it, it'll be a more cohesive. So, so it is uh, being reordered thing. too. So, there's a bunch of things happening to like update it. It's being put back in its original. I, I believe what is was the original order because oh, okay. it was reordered for the for the black and white uh, comic and um and and there's been talk of um you know Frank putting all of the E3 and stuff in one place at some point, which would be really awesome that to do. Be. And, and, oh, scoop. You and, hear that, and, guys? Scoop. <laughs> we got a scoop. Scoop. <laughs> let's, let's will I'll, it into existence. I'll have to dig my old uh, Strange Visitors, not Strange Visitors, the other one, e, uh, Ethereal, Ethereal, Ethereal Warriors, Warriors out, of, out of my box and to compare them. It, Rich it Johnson fires up the old bleeding cool. <laughs> <laughs> It is fun, though, to compare them. I mean, the color makes it pop. I mean, there's this one panel that's got all of, like, the image heroes of the time. I think when they're talking about them, it's almost like a half splash or something. And to see it in color, it just, it it looks so much better. Uh, It it just, you know, all the characters are well-defined. And I don't know, it's just, it's good. It just looks nice and polished. I love what Nikos is doing with his colors nowadays. Um, and it just serves the story so well. Um, it looks really cool. I'm, I'm excited to see it. I've, I've been staring at these these scans for five or six <laughs> years, and, and then and then Nico's colored the thing really quickly, and he wow. did because he did it between when he when he was waiting for for you know other stuff to come in, and you know he just kind of wanted to get it off his plate because the art's already done. He's he not having to wait on Vanguard uh, E3 and being drawn so. Um. Uh, he did an awesome job. He did it really quick. Uh, and 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 for a change, we're actually ahead, which is awesome. <laughs> that rare feeling of a buffer. Yeah. So I guess we should uh, pick your brain here. How are you feeling about Savage Dragon lately? I I'm enjoying a lot of the weird stuff. Um. I, there's part of me that is like not following some of the plot threads really closely because I read the I, I'm I read the issues when they come in to be when we proofread them and right. then um, I don't usually see them again for quite a while and so like back in the day where I might you know pick up the issue and read it a, a number of times in a row. Now I'm lucky if I can read it twice, mm-hmm. and so I'm I'm sure I'm missing uh, some threads that are con- like continuing storylines and things like that in terms of the like continuity cop in the back of my head. I don't really know some of the things that are going on, but um, he's obviously like having fun, just kind of doing whatever the fuck he wants, yeah. and I really dig uh, a lot of the you know the experimentation. Um, whether that's, you know, the really giant oversized art that he was doing mm-hmm. for a long time, or like recently the, the 
homage to the comic strips, the fa- famous funnies issue. Um, yeah. That 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 one was was just uh, really well done, and um, uh, a lot, some of the stuff it's sort of like what we were just saying before, where where some of it is. Um, the, the the reason to do it is because it's fun, and uh, I, I I was impressed that he was able to do to to when I saw the graphic fantasy reprint, I didn't make the connection that like oh like this is he's putting this in now because it's folding into the story and uh, that's cool too that that he was able to figure out a way to do that, but. Um, I, I like some of this stuff regardless of whether or not it serves the story, I guess is my point. Um, just because like, it's, it's fun to see experiments, you know, it, it, whether they're like totally successful experiments or whether they crash and burn. And, um, so yeah, it's sort of roundabout, uh, where I'm at. Hot take. What, what, what's an experiment you thought was a little less successful? Less successful. You know what? I'll let you have an in it's and a trap. An I'll, I'll let you have an in, in, and out. Give us a <laughs> give us an experiment you loved and one that you thought could have been better. Okay, I might have to think about this because, like I said, I don't remember a lot from the stuff that has been. Um, well, I can tell you about the stuff that's in progress. Um, like I was impressed about the folding of the the graphic fantasy stuff into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that I'm on board with having uh like bringing dragon bringing dragon back essentially um and i would i would probably would prefer that that he went in a different direction with that um that's fine like but when you say different direction do you mean bring a different way to bring dragon back or don't don't bring dragon out i mean yeah don't bring him back at all um but i also kind of anticipate that the moments that we've seen him, you know, essentially look like dragon and behave like dragon uh, may just be a, a pretense to set up the expectation that he is like going to continue to be like a dragon, uh, which, you know, he can betray uh, as a writer that in anticipation at any time, Sure, which is something that I would sort of expect. Um, but yeah, like I like a, a more generic complaint is is I like it a lot better when he leaves dead characters dead. Yeah, and sure. um and and that's been going on since whenever whenever the first time anybody was brought back. It does feel and, like right. Dragon gets special treatment in this regard because he's died a lot and come back a lot. <laughs> well, well, I mean, his death was the the death death issue yeah. was good, but. I loved the the moment that we thought that he was dead previously. I don't with the, was that one sixty one sixty eight Dark Lord yeah. eye lasers. Yes, that was such a good uh, moment. That was such a good moment. It was like, oh, he's giving the getting the whole story, and he's completely fucked, and this is perfect moment for him to exit. Yeah. I know he had more stuff that he wanted to do with him, um, but uh, yeah, like back, yeah, one sixty eight, I think. Uh, one seventy something like that. Yeah, it's got to be because um, it comes back in seventy one seventy five. Yeah, once. Yeah, yeah. That must have been. That should have been. I'll. That's. That's what I'll stake my. I'll die on that hill. He should have died then. Sure. 
Um, well, no, that's good. Of, I love to hear those like uh, conflicting, you know, uh, different opinions. Absolutely. I'm see. I should reread because then I'll have more really great opinions. Um, <laughs> but the experiment that I thought really really worked was the doing doing the art at the ridiculous size. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Th- that's and I know that was that that's not new anymore. But um, that was those are some like the, there's one issue where the whole issue is double page spreads. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's that's got to be a contender for a top top issue. That, that one is pretty fucking dope. Absolutely. Holy my, shit. My favorite is who's the guy with the that's got like the split down the middle with the two different colors. I can't even think of his name. Right oh. Now. Not Recently, Warren, not Warren Terror, the other guy. It's like the Torment, guy's got right? little worms on his head that kind of Torment good, or evil. Torment, I think. Anguish. Man, that that issue that's twice up when he's just the, it's a whole battle scene and he's getting punched through bricks and then he mm-hmm. picks up the building at the end and tosses Throws that building. building. That double page spread yeah. knocks me off my chair every time I look at it. It's just insane. I wish you know everything could look like that, but. Yeah. I'll tell you what, the, the art in the past few issues of 250 and, I mean, 251, 250, it's just top-notch. Uh, it's, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. It's good stuff. I like the, well, again, like, I like the different styles in, in, in the comic strip uh, homages. Yeah. I, I think yeah. for the most part it did, um, like, a, I remember this, he, it, it was taking him a while to do, and I, I don't think this was easy to do some of this. Oh, I'm um, sure it wasn't the, at all. The, um, I know he did the Calvin Hobbes thing before, but it's still like, uh, it does a, a good approximation. Because it, it's not just the, the style, but it's also like the line weights mm-hmm. of the inks. Yeah, and, and And the... Uh, uh, Foxtrot one it looks just just like Foxtrot man yeah, like that's, yeah. <laughs> the Doonesbury one looks is is the Doonesbury one is pretty damn dead on I used to read a lot of Doonesbury it, it, it's it's, <laughs> it's got to be hard because it, it's obvious he spent a lot of time on this getting it right but he gets it so right yeah. it looks effortless it's one of those yeah. also I'd say the hard part is is that he's not copying the same characters either so he's just applying the style to his characters and still yeah. kind of nailing it which has got to be incredibly tough i mean it looks figure like... out what what's the way to draw william johnson to to make it look like <laughs> gary trudeau drew him and he's still obviously right. william johnson right yeah. and then you know unsung hero uh uh farron delgado with the lettering on that which we talked about yeah. which really yeah. just seals the deal on these things because yeah. the, the, the lettering change on every strip depending on its needs yeah. yeah, I don't think we mentioned even, that in the in the in the episode. The even Eric's signature. Yeah, <laughs> Jay, I was like, "Holy shit, dude! The signatures are different from strip to strip." Well, and it's amazing because I think that people reacted really well to this. I mean, I think sold out. Posted re- recently that the second printing actually sold more than the first printing. Oh, nice. Yeah, which that is strange. I mean, how many times have you seen a second printing sell more than the first printing? Well, also for like uh, something like this, which is it doesn't. I mean, it really does right. just sound like a vanity project for like shits and giggles because you're a person who's obsessed with comic strips and 
that's and, and you know it's not really the kind of thing that normally is like lights the world on fire or anything and um which is which is why it's cool to do in the first place but but you, you know uh What's, that's good to hear i mean we're seeing things like i feel like dragon's getting a boost in sales we know spawn is selling like a ton more suddenly i feel like there's a wave of people maybe our age that are in the spotlight now like the cartoonist kayfabe guys uh, michelle fife that are singing the, the praises of like the image guys i mean for a while it seemed like maybe it was just kirkman and now i feel like it's catching on more you know at least the guys that are more in the spotlight now and i feel like it's building building sales on Savage Dragon like you're seeing back issues kind of flying off the shelves per se on eBay um, and you're seeing sales <laughs> picking up I mean it feels good I you 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 see that too or what's your I think it's on that um, I think it's a generational thing I mean it just makes sense that you know we would pass the generation that looked down their noses at image and arrive at the generation of people who you know, are, grew up reading it and, you know, um, grew up going, you know, I don't care if this Youngblood issue was never concluded. It was fucking cool. Right. And, <laughs> and, and, um, and also there's something that was unexpected, um, but has been happening this year is, uh, book sales are actually doing okay. In some in some areas, book sales are doing very well because people are at home, and right. they need shit to do. And and so, um, I don't know. I, I I'm i it, it kind of depends on the comic when you when you switch to talking about direct market stuff and comic store stuff. But but in terms of like trades and 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 book market stuff, uh, that's actually performing better in some areas than a lot of people would have predicted for fucking pandemic. Yeah. Everybody thought that like when diamond did their little oopsie, no more books, everybody thought it was fucking the end. And then yeah. like to see everything sort of doing about face, it's like, whoo, <laughs> it's amazing how yeah. off things are like that, you know, like how wrong we could have been. Yeah. Real quick, um, we got to throw this kind of stuff out here because, I mean, it's all about you, baby. The next um, the next experiment that we have floating in the ether since we've been talking experiments is the I would like to draw Savage Dragon in different artists' styles. So Comic artists this you, time, not, not uh Yeah, not strips or comics, but comic artists. So if you get to be, you know, let's say being John Malkovich, you jump in Eric's head and you're controlling the robot – uh, the Eric Larson robot. What artists are you, Adam, going to make that issue showcase? Okay, I'm just going to answer this. This is a really <laughs> fun question. I'm just going to answer this in an extremely self-serving Please, that's uh, a way. Um, okay. Mobius. Yes. Um, Sergio, yes. Uh, Sergio Argonis. Um, mm -hmm. uh, Larry Martyr, which... I mean, they've Ooh, sort of done that a little bit. Dragon. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, James Stokoe. Nice. Um, Absolutely. Um, oh, killer no filler he, here. You know what he should do, and he might do something. I wouldn't put it past him to do something like this. He should do an issue where, like, each page or spread is done in a different 
EC artist style. Yeah. So you've got a, a Jack Davis spread. You've got um, a Bill Elder spread. Uh, obviously, Kurtzman. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, but but it even does. like I've fallen in love with um, the old like early uh, EC right when it changed from being like a publishing like Bible comics uh, mm-hmm. to yeah. but but hadn't yet started doing horror stuff they were doing like a lot of crime stuff and al feldstein was still drawing a lot like he hadn't yet become like main writer editor guy mm-hmm. and his art's not up to par with the rest of the ec guys <laughs> like it's just not and it's clear why they moved him into this other role where oh, but but i lo- kind of love it because it's, it has this hideous dripping quality like you'd see in in this in like Fletcher Hanks or um, even Benjamin Mara stuff, and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. so any of those guys, any so, of those guys. So what you're saying is there needs to be at least one page dedicated to someone who wasn't like a master at the craft. No, those guys are mostly masters. At those guys are masters, yeah. Al, Al Feldstein notwithstanding. But yeah, one one page for him for sure. Um, these are great picks. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> these are great picks these are yeah. great yeah now if, and and you know, and, next... and 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 fife also oh well. yeah yeah you gotta yep. throw your boy in there yeah hell yes now you just gotta find a way to get into the eric larson is, would it be weird to, for eric to emulate an artist that came after him no because it's about style and man there ain't a voice in comics right now that i think is as unique as uh, FIFA, no, no contest. So, like I said, he's like a modern Sam Keith. Like you and, see and his shit, and you know it's him. Don't forget, I mean, Eric's done stuff with like Hellboy, where he drew Hellboy as you know in Magnola style, or you know someone like Madman or something like that. So, I mean, he goes out of his way when he's drawing certain characters to make it look like the the uh, creators look. That makes sense. So, I think it'd be cool. Hell yes. Yeah. Definitely. Good stuff, man. I knew uh, the kind of uh, cat, for just a little side note for FinCast listeners, this is my first time getting to talk to Adam. That's true. You never crossed. Your boats never passed in the night. (laughs) Are you sure about that? Ships in the night, yeah. But the thing is, is that we email many a time. So I'm, I'm pretty sure we were on, like, maybe... No you know what? My, I, 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 have, so, I, 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 I can't trust my memory at all. Yeah, so. My recollection. <laughs> take your word for it. My recollection is that Craig replaced Nick and re- even replaced you. You're uh, wrong. What? <laughs> oh, no, you're right. You're right. Adam replaced Nick and then Raven replaced Adam. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but basically, like, the thing was is that, like, uh, I, I knew that, like, the whole graphic design thing. Because like when I gave when I turned in my backup for two twenty five, you're like, this is just a nerdy kind of a question because of uh, how I am. But uh, did you uh, select these blacks using channels, or did you just turn the line <laughs> art up uh, using adjusting the uh, layer, adjusting the uh, values on the levels on the uh, thing and setting it to multiply? And I was like, uh, multiply? Because I know that's not what you're supposed to do. <laughs> felt bad i knew i was like oh busted he got me yeah in his head he was like amateur i don't remember that either but i believe you (laughs) it sounds like something i would say 
And then the funny thing is, is so like, obviously like we get our, uh, you know, we, we speak to you through the emails and like, you know, so we're chatting you up. Like usually you're one of the first people we get to you know, like, you know, talk shop with on the latest issue. Cause it's a hush hush secret. And it's like, Oh my God, <laughs> this. So we're talking to you or whatever else. And what's so funny, Adam, is that, like, man, like, you're, as soon as, like, so you've become, like, on my radar, like, forever, because we talk to you at least monthly, and, like, I see, I feel like I see your name fucking everywhere, dude. You're, like, everywhere, man. Your, your name yeah. was on those te- Ninja, Ninja Turtle fan comics that we reviewed last episode. <laughs> it was! Oh, yeah, those things. Oh, my God. <laughs> I said, God damn, I said there's Adam's name. What? Yeah, he's either letterer or colorist or designer or something. Like, everywhere, you're, like, you're everywhere, dude. You're and everywhere. half the time, you're not even credited. Uh, yeah, uh, this is all true. I'm very, very famous, very important, prolific, and you guys are uh, should feel honored. We yes. do. Yeah, we should we be paying you to be up here. The comics industry. That's right. Somebody should pay. <laughs> yeah, I got We're your cash start. app. There's a fifty in there. There's a fifty in that cash app. Don't worry. <laughs> Yeah, no, just saying, uh, congratulations on just, man, just prolific, just like, just... Uh, living the dream. Hell yeah, being out there and doing the damn thing. Like, you just feel like you've got a presence. Well, thanks. Uh, no, I, um, seriously, <clears throat> I am fortunate, and because I've had many jobs, and I'm fortunate that I actually like my job. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and that's something that most people don't have. And... Um, and the, the, one of the cool things about being on, on staff at, at any publisher is, is that you do get to work on a lot of things and you, and you do a lot of, and, and, um, you must see a lot of things in advance there. Yeah. There's a lot of, I mean, you, you see things in advance, you, you, you get roped into things. You might work on something that's like not your project, but you might help out with it. And, and, um, and you get like a, uh, you, you 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 can spend just a, a you know a year at a place and get a ton of experience. There, there's just there's there's a constant flow. There's a there's a ton of stuff going through all the time. Um, I thought of one more artist to add to the <laughs> list because I was going to tell you about something that was really awesome. Um, we did a uh, the uh, 35 years of covers of Usagi Ojembo. Book. Hell yeah. and for a bunch of the 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 fanographics covers the logos are are pasted on the art and and for the retrospective which is like all of the old covers up to a certain point um they wanted to show all of the covers without art and so that's easy to do with everything beyond fanographics um, but there's something like 30 or 40 fanographics issues of Usagi. And so we, we went in and basically drew and painted new art on top of Ooh. the logo oh, and tried man. to make it look like Stan Sakai's art. Wow. And I did, I don't know, maybe six of them, something like that. Um, there's cool. a whole bunch of them in the book. And, and that was one of the most fun things that I've worked on. And was it was it a little nerve wracking? To it's incredibly nerve wracking. Yeah, because I mean, you don't uh, want to piss off the original artist. Or well, the good news well, is no. it's the title area, so there's probably not a lot up there. That that. Well, it really depends. 
So, like, uh, there's a cover where he's getting shot by a lot of arrows. So there's a whole bunch of arrows. So oh, I had to draw all of these goddamn arrows and, <laughs> and made the, I tried to make them look like Stancic High arrows. And, right. Um, so that, yeah, definitely nerve-wracking. You don't want to screw it up. I, I'm told that he was happy with the book. And, and, um, and he sent everybody this nice note and everything. And, um, uh, but yeah, he definitely should be in that list of, of, yes. uh, you know, geniuses and, and absolutely. Um, yeah. That's that, that was probably one of the coolest things that I've gotten to help out on. Cool. Yeah, man. I was, you were so funny. It's like you read my mind. I was literally going to ask, like, if you had some, uh, crazy story of something that you had said, like the more creatively fulfilling things. And you just like busted that jam out on us. Hell yeah. I read, I read your mind. Yeah. Dude, like you're I'm like my cell phone, yeah. colorist, yep. letterer, yep. mind reader, designer. Yeah. All right, dynamite in the sack smells good. Well, dude, uh, let's not make this another seven plus years or whatever before we have you on again. Uh, yeah, we had a short no, for time sure. talking to you, but it was incredibly fun. Um, yeah, yeah, you're always welcome on the show if you ever want to talk about Savage Dragon. Oh, I appreciate it. Or it's yourself. Fun to catch up with you guys, and I, I mean, you. I'm sure you, you guys all know this as we are all old now. But um, <laughs> the, uh, right. But I mean, well, <laughs> uh, Raven and Jim, have you guys? Do you, ha- you guys have kids now? Ah, you, no. Still, <laughs> okay, you're talking to perpetual loners. But like, we, I have no idea what time it is ever now and and it it actually did shock me when you said seven years because i was like oh it's been a little i don't know a couple three oh and, it's it's, and, actually, it's actually it's actually been eight the last episode you're on was in may 2012 okay well that's even worse uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah no what the time just goes by incredibly incredibly fast and yeah. um and so yeah uh it's uh we definitely uh will attempt to catch up sooner and thank you for having me before you take off we can't let you go without saying do you have anything you would like to promote uh no okay. <laughs> um but uh uh just just uh buy books support support the books keep they're gonna keep coming out if you buy them hell yeah i don't have a specific book in mind at the moment that doesn't cool man that's good you know what buy Shinwa uh, Cuisine by Zhao Dao. Who's the publisher? It's Dark Horse. Beautiful. We're on it. Yeah. Yeah. That book's dope. Cool. Also self serving. I answered. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's allowed. Hey, that's a point. All right, man. Well, well thank you so much. Yeah, good dude. talking to you. Good talking to you guys. Very awesome. Thanks so much. So we are joined by our good friend Zach. Uh, who is our occasional guest host uh, and my personal greatest success story. Oh, hi. Hi, Zach. <laughs> it's, 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 I thought we had more to go on it. Sorry. It's, hi, it's, guys. It's, it's, it's good to hear from you again, Zach. What's up, Zach? It's all good. It's, it's all good. A... How are things going on your side? The um, disease. shithole, diseased world of 2020. <laughs> well, you know, it's the apocalypse every day. Yeah. Every day a new horror, more shocking than the last. You, you get used to it eventually. How's the Boris? 
Oh, Damaris? Oh, he's just he's just a shit Trump, so... Yeah. Dime store. <laughs> Dime Pretender. store. Well, yeah, pound shop. Uh, freaking yeah, shit show. Basically just surviving, but <laughs> about, it says unconvincingly. But at least we've at least we got comics. At yeah, least we God. still have comics. Comics. <laughs> do you, you do you collect digitally, or are you getting hard copy comics? I get digitally purely for space purposes, and then I pick up the, like the archives editions. Yeah. So I get it in double. I just knew. I thought like England was like still far behind, or they were for a while. I don't know what was going on because um, there was that whole thing with Diamond, obviously early this year, and just. Just people not being able to get a hold of stuff. Just buying it digitally was just like, oh, I'm glad I'm not getting delays. Thank God. I was going to say that probably didn't affect like, um, I mean, I guess 2000 AD just rolled right the fuck on out, right? Funny thing about 2000 AD, actually, there's a whole article about it. They've actually handled this the COVID stuff like champs because they they're one of the few comic publishers that still has a mail order service. So oh, yeah, yeah. they've increased their subscriptions uh, during all this, not only in print but also digitally. So they've been they've been they've been doing real well, right? Uh, Comic wise, in all this, slamming ass, finding the slamming ass. Slamming ass uh, sure, that's how we put it in professional terms. <laughs> Two thousand AD's been slamming ass slamming. during the pandemic. Slamming ass is basically just what's going on in Dragon an awful lot these days, to be honest. So, <laughs> well, that's two things we, they've got in common. That's what we brought you on for. So, I, I am curious, Zach. What? Um, this is slightly off topic, but um, are you are you reading many comics right now? Not an awful lot, particularly. I'm keeping it with the core titles, mainly Savage Dragon 2008 AD and a bunch of monthly manga. Um, just because of cost purposes, you know, money's tight right now. I'm pretty sure it's tight for everyone. So, just grateful to have some kind of income to cover comics. Yeah. But I, I have lot, let an awful lot of stuff go. Um, but never dragon. Never, never dragon. Yes. It's never. what I love to hear. You so, was, Jim, you, you got him into dragon, right? Well, my, yes. my memory. Guilty. Yeah, well, he's he, guilty. He was a, he was, we, he was a Judge Dread fan as I was, uh, on the official 2080 forums, and every week I would post my poll list, and I started to notice that Zach's poll list was very similar to mine, and so I recommended Savage Dragon back in the, what, around 200, or was it earlier than that? It was ju- It was the free comic book day issue that came out kind of circa 200, yeah, so... the legacy one, I think. Yes. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, apparently... Uh, I knew it was around 216, right? Because I remember, like, there was... At least one podcast. I think it was like the first. Maybe it was after two hundred. Maybe you're right. Maybe it was like two sixteen. I don't know. Maybe you guys were reading it before then, but I I do remember. It was like, wasn't it like the Spawn issues or something? I don't know. It was around the time of Spawn. I thought I remember. Uh, well, whenever it was, uh, yeah, Zach is my greatest and only success story in getting some <laughs> random harsh. person to read Savage Dragon. It's a very, very rotten fruit. Why do you think more people like like Zach? If if you like Savage Dragon so much and being in that kind of Judge Dread realm and and reading the same comics that Jim does, I mean, what do you think the disconnect is on Savage Dragon for people? Uh, the disconnect, I think, honestly, it's primarily tied into the 
kind of the whole creator-owned market. Um, certainly in the UK, an awful lot of the perceptions around American comics are still tied into the corporate side, so Marvel sure. and DC. And obviously, that would mean here in the UK, Eric would still be mostly known for Spider-Man, Punisher, rather than Dragon. Um, but generally, when you do come across someone who is into the indie stuff, they have heard of Dragon, or have at least had you know, prolonged exposure to it, and the opinions are generally very favourable. Um, certainly, it's well, I mean, it's my favourite monthly comic outside of like the magazine. Wow. So yeah, it's. I mean, I wouldn't be on the show otherwise. So yeah, good shit. It's just needs a bit of an extra push here. I mean, it's always shown in my uh, local comic shop in Manchester um, with great prominence whenever a new issue comes out. So there's definitely a readership here in the UK, just not as much as there would be in some parts of America, I suppose. That's so crazy. Ironically, you probably have better coverage than like some parts of America. Well, definitely right now. Yeah. Well, there's oh, you. I mean, just like, I mean, there's it's you, like there, not a thing here. What? What's not? What's not a thing here? I'm saying dragon presence in a lot of stores. Yeah, is just not a thing. In some stores, yeah, like, that's pride, staggering. Some some stores even pride themselves on not carrying it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shittily enough. Well, I'm glad. I'm, that's actually, like, kind of a cool insight to hear that, like, you know, your shop kind of reps the latest issue. That's neat. Oh, yeah. Shit. D- um, one of the guys who works there is always just freaking singing its praises. I was like, yeah, dude. Yeah, wow, dude, that's you. cool. It's cool. To, it's like, guys, listen, there's a comic shop out there that sings the praises of Savage Dragon. Can you believe it? I, this is the best news of 2020, frankly. Save, <laughs> save the year. Yeah. Turned it you around, only have to Zach. travel two hundred miles. <laughs> so since you, what do you, you went back and got the archive collections? Is that what you said? Like, you yeah, yeah. Did like most of the back issues, or where are you on that? Through, through the archives, I have collected up to issue one hundred seventy-five. So that's like what the first seven archives. I do need to catch yeah. up on the archives, to be fair. But money's a premium at the moment. Um, but uh, other than that, twenty-five issue gap from. 175 to 200 i'm pretty much caught up nice dude nice i know i have been meaning to catch up on the archives for a while maybe this month maybe maybe yeah, the archives are perfect i don't know if you've mm. seen like the, the pickup on like it seems like since covid there's been a lot of people that have been jumping on the bandwagon and like the back issue prices have gone like through the roof on ebay so mm. the archives are kind of the way to go I know a lot of people don't like just black and white. I love the black and white line. Oh, yeah. No. Anyone who's got an issue with black and white artwork, you don't like comics. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Got, you, 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 some of the best comics ever made are black and white. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're really shutting yourself out of an entire like realm of like high-quality reads if you shit on black and white comics. We ain't just talking about Walking Dead, brother. <laughs> That's true. I mean, Black and Walking Dead is probably the most high-profile black and white comic. Uh, you know, it sells or did anyway when it was still you know coming out. And now it will sell again in color. Yeah, it's right. They are re- yeah. <laughs> they are repackaging it in color. You're right. I forgot about that. Yeah, the old deluxe. Well, you got Love and Rockets. I think uh, the like Hernandez brothers still do stuff in black and white and like. Mm. Uh, a lot of high-profile indie dudes still do uh, black and white shit. So yeah, man. Yeah, 
nothing wrong with that. It's cool, man. I'm glad to hear that you're caught up. I'm really like curious to hear sort of your uh, sort of your impressions of like this uh, current status quo. You know, the whole Canada, the whole you know Chicago basically being written out. Yeah. Like, interesting, dude. I want to hear the Zach take. Well, the whole Chicago situation, I think, was probably inevitable. I mean, anyone who knows Eric in person. It was, <laughs> it was definitely someone who was on the cards um, to tie in. He's always tied in modern events in so contemporary events, political events. So as the whole the whole shift to Canada made sense, especially considering it seems to be basically a, it was a running joke at the time of the election. So mm-hmm. uh, four years later, uh, yikes! Um, <laughs> yeah, you guys have got it rough right now. But yeah. um, I'm, I'll keep it kind of neat to kind of like circa 250 to 252 because we're on a premium here as far as time is concerned. But certainly the most pressing big reveal lately with the whole Paul Dragon thing, I did not... I don't think any of us could have anticipated that happening. That was a big freaking heel turn. Uh, and uh, Eric, you goddamn genius. <laughs> So, so you were familiar with Paul Dragon? Yeah, yeah. Well, th- there's been the reprints of Graphic Fantasy, so right, right. Y- I was familiar with that version of the character. Um, so integrating it into the main kind of continuity is like, ah, yeah. I mean, we already had Prism, so... Right. Yeah, it's true. Nice. It, it was an insane page turn. It was like... It was a massive... You know it was an anniversary issue, so something crazy was going to happen, and it felt like it wasn't. And then you turn that page, and you're like, oh, there ah. it is. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird issue when you think about it. I mean, it, it was mostly home life, one fight scene, nothing spectacular, and then Paul Dragon. Yeah. Mm. It's it's funny how we're like, oh, nothing spectacular, because we're so like used to Savage Dragon just getting rid of... Like, Yawn, body count. And he like... He popped off like what three villains that are pretty long standing. Well, not oh, long, yeah. not uh, long standing, and, and but you know, pe- over a hundred issues, right? Since they've been around. Wait a minute, who are we talking about here? The next the vicious the, circle junior. Yeah, right? vicious circle junior. Yeah, they've it was kind of to me a big they've deal been for a hundred issues. That doesn't sound right. Google it. Someone Google it. We can't waste time. <laughs> so, Somebody get Gavin on the phone. Yeah, yeah. But, but, uh, you know, regardless, like. Uh, it still was kind of like a crazy shocker ending. And, uh, you know, it's kind of cool to hear, like, even for a new fan, like, seeing, I say, you're not even a new fan now. Like, Jesus, you've been reading Dragon now for, what, five years? More <laughs> like than seven? that, I want to say it's like seven. Yeah. Seven. Seven Yikes. years. <laughs> for a new War fan, it's like it's still seeing Paul as this kind of a shocker, you know? Yeah, well, that's 50-odd issues that I've been reading monthly. So mm-hmm. I think oh. kind of when you hit that kind of landmark, you're like, yeah! It's like, as a fan, I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. Curious, I would like to know your perspective. Would it have uh, moved you more or less if it was uh, the return of Classic Dragon? Oof. To be honest, I don't think... I don't think it would have done. Uh, I think the return of Classic Dragon, which I feel like his story's over now, that final image that we had of him was kind of like the end of that story, and Paul Dragon is like a good consolatory 
way of doing both of these and also tying it into the merging of the multiverse elements from how long has this story arc been going on now? Like 25 issues since that merging happened? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it felt like the right move um, rather than just bringing... Because you see people online like going, oh, it's it's not even the original Savage Dragon anymore. It's his kid. Oh, I preferred it when it's just kind of like... Yeah, but that's the great thing about a legacy title like Dragon is that you can keep it running, and he's he's even setting it up now with Malcolm's kids. So yeah, it's right. just it's just going to keep running as long as he wants to do it, and um, all power to it. Yeah, hell yeah. Quick note: the Vicious Circle Junior came out in one eighty two, so about seventy issues. So hmm. I would say that's kind of long-standing. But. That's pretty long. Yeah, dude, but cause... they appeared and then went to jail for most of that time. It's not like they... Their history well, I mean, is mostly in their legacy. Less... Potato, potato. <laughs> you say potato, I say Zermaterbort. <laughs> I, I think with Dragon, they got, I would say, probably as much uh, screen time as any like secondary character, you know? Think about it. They probably got more like screen time than like fucking rogue warrior at this point, right? <laughs> yeah, but he's not—he's not been in the book that much. He's old, but he's not been in the book that much. All right, all right. All I right. see. All right, I'm not going to win this battle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Also, uh, two fifty two. Uh, you know, a wacky experiment issue. Yeah. You know, I just want to hear uh, like your take. Like, you know, that was he- fucking genius. I, I, I freaking love it when uh, an entire issue of a creator-owned comic is just this massive love letter to this insanely niche. Well, I suppose funny strips aren't that niche, but when each two-page spread is just dedicated to one specific influence, then it's... it's 252, right? Oh, well, yeah, yeah, the, uh, the funnies issue? Yeah, salutes the funnies. Yeah, yeah, Raven said two fifty two. You might have thought he meant two fifty. Also, I thought I thought he said two fifty. Sorry, two fifty two. Yep. Wait. So did you say two fifty also or two fifty two? No, two fifty two. Oh, all right. My bad. I'm screwing <laughs> this all up. <laughs> That's all good. I mean, both, both solid issues. Um, two fifty two is just genius. Quality, quality shit. I mean, I can't confess to being familiar with. Obviously, again, this is the American element of it, where a lot of these um, funny strips that would have influenced, I'm not particularly exposed to. I never thought about that. What kind of newspaper? Yeah, what true. kind of newspaper comics does the UK usually like? Are they Oof. are they homegrown ones, or do you get a lot of like? Well, there are some homegrown ones, uh, but I couldn't tell you which ones are currently still running. An awful lot of the ones that we do kind of see in the daily papers are imported American ones. So okay, Garfield, um, uh, Dilbert, but we don't talk about that. Uh, <laughs> we try not to. Um, the majority of the funnies don't generally run in newspapers anymore. They more run in things like the Beano or the Dandy R.I.P. Okay. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. What's that? Oh. The da- <laughs> oh, God. No oh, oh we have to explain to Craig what the Dandy is. Fun times oh, ahead. Uh, do you know Banana Man? Yeah. That, that's vaguely. Banana Man is one of the seminal strips that was in uh, a kids anthology comic called The Dandy oh. that ran for oh, like a okay. hundred and twenty odd they're years. They're like Mad Magazine, but they're okay. for younger like ch- younger children. 
Yeah. Gotcha. Not around mm-hmm. anymore. It's uh, dead. But anyway. Um, just no, like Mad Magazine. Just yeah. like Mad Magazine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, putting aside some of the influences that I might not have been familiar with, 252, just a brilliant experimental foray into this kind of completely different style of making comics. Yeah. So, you know what you gotta do, Zach? You gotta no, go- okay. you gotta Google up those weird strips you're not familiar with to get the like real full effect. Like it's hard to really appreciate that Kathy strip with Angel and Alex until you've seen the shittiness that is Kathy. I'm vaguely <laughs> familiar with Kathy. I've I've heard it's awful. So he nailed it. Highly <laughs> underrated, Kathy. You do not like Kathy. I don't. He said it was his favorite strip. I don't. Didn't I you? don't love Kathy, but I like. <laughs> I, I liked Kathy growing up. It was like a window into adulthood. <laughs> Oh, morbid. A, a grim window. <laughs> I'm walking away. A grim view of the future. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, question. We'll keep it Zach relevant. If there was a uh, strip from the UK that you would have liked to have seen represented, because we did all of our American shit, like, you know, oh, I would oh. like to have seen this, you know, that. Freaking handicap. Handicap? All right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Amer- American uh, handicap ran in U.S. papers. I read that growing up, too. I read it on the back of Hot Fries. On the yes, back me of, too. Oh, right. I forgot. He was, he was the mascot for Hot Fries, wasn't he? Andy Cap was the yeah, mascot for Hot Fries. There was actually, fries, yeah. actually, where I grew up, there was a bar that used Andy Cap as a logo. I think they were doing it, like, illegally. But Oh, sure. That- yeah, did you guys have that, Zach? Hot Fries or Pub Fries? Pub Fries? Nah, nah. I'm it, sure was, it, just- it was like... Uh, uh, crisps like chips like uh, spice spicy chips it, it was like andy ah. Cap was the mascot and it's just a snack i don't see the connection so that does lead me to believe it was probably bootleg no no no, no. the hot fries thing's real not... it's because oh, was it? it's yeah. because they're served at bars yeah. they're pub fries too they had like salty like corn snacks Oof. it was it was pretty gross like yeah, it was not, not a great <laughs> dude i ate up those hot fries as a kid me too there. me too dude, i devoured are you one of those things. people who that ate Pork rinds? Oh, yeah. For sure. Because yeah, who the hell? Pork scratch in. I don't Ooh. know who pork rinds are for. Pork rinds are for me. They're, yeah, they're gross, but I can eat them. <laughs> I eat the hell out of them. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, pork rinds? It's just... Some days you just want to self-destruct. <laughs> just... <laughs> just fry Shave ten... Yeah. <laughs> Shave ten years off your life. Cle- clearly, clearly the strip that Eric missed was doing, uh, doing a send-up of... Uh, Desperate Dan. That would have been good. Oh, yeah. Basically, any, but again, I don't think he's particularly familiar with... Oh, absolutely absolutely not. Yeah, no. <laughs> hey, kids. Asterix and all I mean, there was Tintin. one of them that kind of like had echoes of, like, the Beano. Um, forget which one was it? I'm going to have to look it up now. I bet Foxtrot. Or, you know, what's it called? Box Snot in this one? <laughs> no, I don't think it was... Oh, oh, was it the was it the um, tum- tumbleweed tumbleweeds one? Yes, yeah, it had echoes of like something that would have been in the Beano, but I don't think that was obviously the primary. Inf- oh, you don't you don't know about Family Circus? Lucky, no, you're so that? lucky. Yeah, it's the worst. Blissful <laughs> ignorance. It is the worst. I didn't realize the hatred for it. What Family Circus? I didn't Circus? think it was good, but I didn't realize the hatred. Oh, the pure hatred. Family, yeah, family yeah. Circus is like. 
it's like it's got it's overt Christian overtones are a problem a lot of the time. I didn't notice that though, I guess as a kid. I I just think it fucking blows. It's just not funny. Yeah. It's also not funny. Yeah. But I also find that most strips aren't funny. (laughs) That's true. Guilty. It's a difficult, difficult tightrope. Speaking of difficult tightropes, we're trying to keep this tight. I don't want to miss this opportunity to ask you, uh, what what's your your take on this uh you know joe biden variant and all the hubbub all the all the hullabaloo as as someone who's just looking at the shit show that is america's current situation uh, what do you think of that variant and all the hullabaloo around it <laughs> oh eric's a fucking king uh <laughs> i wish more comic creators or particular creator own ones would take a more freaking open stance in their in their works because it's, 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 if you're going to commit your life to a work of fiction um, and you're going to imbue elements of your personal opinions into it just go whole ass hog into it don't be yeah. subtle subtlety yeah. for fucking cowards yes Sub- love that. subtext what subtext is for though? cowards it is <laughs> um, Eric I, is goddamn fearless though oh yeah he doesn't give a shit <laughs> he's amazing he's never it's it's insane the stuff he says sometimes. I'm like, <gasps> and it's just it's great that he says it, but it's crazy that he says it. Yeah, I kind of wish more comic creators over our side would be as open because we've got such a just fractured political. Oh, well, I mean, you you, 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 you think it's you've got side? you've got Pat Mills. <laughs> oh yeah, just well, <laughs> Mister Apolitical Pat Mills. Mm. Oh, mm. <laughs> oh, anyway, um, let a little bit of my. Um, disdain sleep in there but anyway um yeah (laughs) no no nothing but respect for eric it's an amazing stance to take and it's a great cover and fuck the haters (laughs) awesome what's uh what's been kind of your favorite now that you've read most of the savage dragon issues what's been your favorite era or storyline oh savage world yeah excellent (laughs) i'm glad you say that a fan favorite. A lot of people wasn't expecting it to be, but it just really, really gels. I know it's crazy because when that came out, people hated it. Oh, I think a lot of people oh, yeah. still do. People don't know shit. <laughs> people ask, have bad uh, taste. Can I ask that? Like with more issues under your belt, do you have a, a like a new favorite like uh, moment, like a standout moment in your mind? Like a oh, that was my ah. dragon moment. I'd have to do like a big reread before I could say definitively, but I think, again, going back to what I was saying earlier about 250 being my 50th issue as a monthly reader, mm-hmm. or an ongoing reader, just that Paul Dragon moment, that's going to be something I will recall and kind of go, this is why I read this comic, because it's fucking unpredictable. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's wacky. It'll, it'll throw anything it's, in. It's crazy, because my favourite issues change all the time so oh yeah oh yeah dragon. so yeah it's a hard that's a hard answer but there's definitely like some top 10 moments in my mind yeah i'd have to sit down and do a reread and yeah concoct a list something for the facebook group who's been your favorite character in the series oh shit um really been digging angel lately she's yeah. undergone some really good re- um kind of developments in the last 50 issues um so she's always been fun. Malcolm, I just think, is phenomenally fun. Mm-hmm. Anyone who's did, anyone who is not on board with Malcolm yet is, again, someone with poor taste. Um, 
but really digging some of the villains lately. Like, um, I kind of enjoy the fact that the demonoids all feel cohesive. Um, the few kind of that have received any kind of development have been yes. kind of like, yes, yes, I like these guys. Um, all I would say is, Eric, please bring Fontai back. And all Abner. right. Oh, yeah. For the love of God, that's the one arc I want to see resumed. Yeah, it would be nice. You, you, yeah, you said Fontai, right? Fonti. Yes. Yeah. You know, with Paul there, there's a Fonti. huge reason for him and Fonti. Fonti is the reason why Paul exists. Mm. Is he? he Wait, oh, with, uh, right. Yeah, he split him and William off. You're right. I forgot about that detail. Very timely, Zach. Very timely. Mm. <laughs> Isn't totally because it just read issue 251. <laughs> I was like, oh, soon, soon. <laughs> My boy, the Conqueror Worm. Uh, we have to ask, uh, you know, again, I just think, like, as your opinions change, as you're exposed to it more, uh, do you have a dream piece of, knowing that we'll never get it, do you have a dream piece of Savage uh, Dragon merch that you would love to see? Oh shit! <laughs> Knowing we will never get it, you you have a monkey's paw. You're making this wish. It's gonna happen. The God Sword replica. I was gonna figure something along those lines. <laughs> Rapture fleshlight. Mm. <laughs> Oof. Like it just shocked. Yeah, you. I'm just going with Raven's suggestion there. Actually, yeah, it's shocked. It just has a faulty battery. It just zaps. Actually, here's a question. We speculated last episode. Um, Eric is planning on doing a uh, issue like uh, emulating different comic book artists uh, in the near future, possibly. Do you have an artist you would like to see him try to uh, capture the spirit of? Yes. Um, it's going to sound awful because I always freaking mess his name up. Bill Seinsrick? Sinkovich? Sinkovich. Yeah. yeah. Every time I pronounce it differently, but uh, I know he and Eric are friends. Um, and he, that, like, three page, four page dart story. Yes. So. Um, I feel like that's likely he's just an iconic covers artist and interiors. I think he's more well known for his covers. And obviously Alex Ross I'd like to see. Oh yeah. Get a get a little nod. Um yeah. so those would be two of the top ones. I've obviously got some like more obscure artists that I'd never ever. Throw, could throw have us an obscure one. This is your list. Throw us an obscure oh, one. Carlos Esquire. Me and Jim have oh, yeah. gone on at great lengths about Oh yeah how he's one of the great comic artists who does not get anywhere near enough the recognition he deserves tell, tell me what is he who does he do, what does he, do? he was the co-creator of Judge Dredd so oh, okay. um, he was the artist who originally designed it he's illustrated a hell of a lot of stuff over the years just just one of those Spanish continental European artists that just did a, a shit ton of work that doesn't get recognized in the states as much as it should do he did Hitman, am I correct? Uh, no, he did. He might have done a film on, on Hitman. He's best known for uh, Like a Pilgrim with, oh, uh, with Garth yes. Ennis. And, okay. um, <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> uh, Jim just got taken out. I think he also did like a run of Authority at one point. I think he did like yeah. a miniseries of that. But uh, okay. don't quote me on that. I got to double check that. 
But yeah, he never he was never the big breakout star that a lot of British creators ended up being. Uh, but you know, he had his own little domain over in Europe, and you know, it's one of the, one of the best. Cool, good pick, good pick. Not as deep as you would have thought a cut, Zach. We did know him. Tell us someone we wouldn't know that you want. Chris Weston. Oh, okay. Chris Weston, yeah. yes. I don't know keeping, who that is. Keeping it to the whole British element, Chris Weston has just had a prolific career as cover illustration. Does a lot of interiors and stuff as well, but... Um, Chris has a really nice, solid style that I'd like to see Eric emulate. Yeah, I, nice. I don't know what to even recommend to to f- see what his work is like because he does. Like his name, so we can Google him. Uh, it's like it sounds. West on W E S T O N. Got it. That's it. Cool. We'll look into it. Awesome. Good shit. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming. Listen, just you know, before we go. Is there uh, anything at all that you're wanting to like, you know, throw out there for Savage Fincast listeners for the 100th episode? You know, anything, just uh, memories or anything you want to just say? You know, you stick well, I your wanna flag f- in the ground. Stick my flag. We can say something else, knowing you, Raven. <laughs> <laughs> stick your, you know, stick, dick st- in the st- butt. Stick. <laughs> you know. I. I want to thank uh, Jim for getting me on this adventure. It's been absolutely amazing. I want to thank the both of you for inviting me on. Uh, I want to thank just Fincast for listening, um, Finna Dicks for listening, and for the love of God, wear a fucking mask. <laughs> just wear a fuck. Just not difficult. Just fucking do it. Just fucking do it. Here, here, here. Sweet. Thank you, Zach. You get on board with that. Yeah, I'm, pr- I'm pro mask as well. Thank you for joining us, good sir. We appreciate you taking the time to join us for this uh, episode. Our next guest is a contributor to the FinCast that is quite divisive. Some (laughs) adore him, and some despise him, but I think there's one thing about him we can all agree we love, and that would be his schmeckles. (laughs) Please welcome Mr. Scott James. Scott, how you doing? Good, thank you. I didn't know I was divisive. No, you're not. Know. That was all okay. bullshit. Okay, I, I was just like, okay, new, note to self, divisive. Wouldn't that be a horrible way to learn? <laughs> yeah, we just, well, I, we just start <laughs> grilling you. Now, Scott, why are you such a prick? Hates you. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I'm like going, oh shit. Why, why did I say bad? last time? It probably makes no, it makes good. for a last good time. It, it makes for a good nickname. <laughs> yeah, last time. Yeah, right. Scott, the divisive James. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, I, yeah. That's better than Scott the Schmeckle James. Yeah, man. Says you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the idea here is we're just, uh, we're having you on because, we, listen, it's a celebration of Fincastos, man. So we just want to sort of uh, talk to you a little bit about, you know, how you're feeling about Dragon and, uh, you know, where you're at. And we got some other uh, questions locked and loaded. So, uh, first of all, my good sir, uh, how you been? Good. I've been good, man. Uh, I've been enjoying what you guys have been doing and I've been enjoying Dragon. Um, so yeah, life is good and I've been, I've, I've been busy drawing. So it's whenever I can draw, how, how, is, Ju- how is juice man doing good? It, it's, it's actually doing really well. Uh, it, I've got a, a UK publisher who's Ooh. going to publish it and, uh, juice man's going to be, uh, published in Germany. 
So nice, dude. that's cool. Yeah, for, yeah, for in the, German. So I'm going to be the David Hasselhoff of comics. <laughs> My dream is coming true. You know, for the listener, though, your your Juice Man is your creator-owned comic. Uh, you've got it right now. Um, what's the name of the website? It's on uh, Tapas. Right? Tapas, yeah. yeah. It's it's free on Tapas. I do about a page a week. Um, I'm currently plowing through halfway through issue four. Nice, yeah. dude. So, and once I get to issue five, the UK publisher at Marcosi is going to bundle it up, wrap it up, and uh, basically do a graphic novel or collected of the first five issues. What's going on with that? Uh, sorry, Craig, it's my time. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> What's with that uh, Juice Man statue? Uh, I, I'm trying to find a a place where I can get it made i've got the mm-hmm. the actual dion knuckles did the the beautiful sculpt and i'm actually it's, ta- it's talking great. to him about yeah i'm talking to him about doing an icelander one to where they're kind of nice. sparring nice. um uh, so i could do them as a set but trying to mm-hmm. find a uh 3d printer that you know doesn't want you know to, to take one of my children and yeah. you That's know expensive. charge me an arm and a leg shapeways have you looked at them no, I have not. I'm writing that down. Shape waves? Yep, shape ways. Like there are ways to shape oh. your product. So shape and ways. Check it out. Will do. Thank They're you. They're just a 3D printing service. That's all they do. You send them your file and then they'll send you a print. Nice. Yeah, look into it. Um, it's a beautiful piece, dude. I really hope that you can uh, get something done. Yeah, yeah, I am too. I am too. That's why I'm, I'm hoping to get the uh, companion piece of the Icelander. So. You know, nice. Yeah, kind of bookend. Nice. Yeah, is is the Juice Land collection gonna be in English or German or uh, that, that's that gonna work? be in English? Uh, nice. The, nice. So the German publication is going to be in color, and uh, which is nice. Uh, I colored the first issue. The publisher is going to be pu- you know coloring the the remaining issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so and then I'll be printing the uh, floppies here in the states cool die juice man nine die juice man <laughs> yeah Achtung, Achtung, juice man. <laughs> yeah uh, yeah i'm gonna have to do the uh cover with him you know with a, a, a big a big stein and and you know maybe a glockenspiel and uh, the leader goes and yeah beautiful beautiful glockenspiel so um, most ridiculous instrument ever let's make it uh, dragony for a second here uh, of course, you know, 250, we got uh, the uh, total sellout and total success. We got uh, 252 going back for a second print. Got It was sold out the first time. Uh, you know, you just mentioned briefly that, you know, you were just feeling it. Uh, you know, getting into that a little bit deeper, you know, of course, we've been doing the shows. We just want to know as a uh, FinCast host, uh, give us the Scott Skinny. Uh, how, how you feeling about those landmark issues or, you know, anything in particular you want to touch on, like Paul's impact? Well, you know, I didn't know how I felt with Paul Dragon mm-hmm. being in there. And the more that I'm seeing, the more I'm liking. Um, it, it took me a couple reads, uh, and maybe it's just that visual aspect that I have for mm-hmm. the uh, – you know, uh, the last issue with the celebration of funnies, I think I posted, you know, I wasn't feeling it. Maybe I just need to reread it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you guys definitely jumped on and said, yeah, give it a reread. And I and I did. And I was like, OK, 
Yeah, I think Raven I, almost defriended you. He got all shit. I, I know, I know. And I, was <laughs> no, I just, just said like, bad take. I was like, your blood sugar is low, man. Just I, I, I know. I, well, and <laughs> the thing is, is that when I go into a dragon, I expect to see that classic Larson look. Mm. And I think that's what threw me. It was like, mm-hmm. okay, I've kind of seen this before because he did the, the, the strip back when um, when um, Jennifer married Dragon the first time and he adopted Angel. They went, you know, that whole leaping scene with McDonald's, the wedding. Uh, he did that for like, uh, what was it, CBR or whatever, comic book or CBN. He did mm-hmm. a strip in their little magazine or their mm-hmm. little newspaper. And then he collected it all in an issue. So I, I, I felt it was kind of done. And mm-hmm. then after revisiting it, it was like, okay, you know, uh, I had a different take because sure. it, when I look at a dragon book, I, you know, when I pick up dragon, I pick it up to see Eric's distinct style to see sure. yeah. and, and not seeing that it kind of, I, I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And it was hard for me to read because I'm an art guy. And then once I, I read it, I'm like, okay, let me digest it. You it's, know, something, uh, something we a, mentioned was that it was just uh kind of interesting because there's a lot of characters introduced in that issue and what's funny is so they're not introduced in eric's style and so it's kind of funny because the first appearance of what you would assume are going to be recurring characters um they show up and they're not like you know you don't really know what they're going to look like again when you see them again right so uh, what's your kind of thoughts on that are you excited to see their final real looks or do you just yeah like, sort of like yeah whatever? you know i i am because Eric has such a distinct style and he brings such character to his characters. And I think that's where I, I kind of, it went over my head in the aspect of this is, you know, these are new characters that are are drawn in someone else's style. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I, it didn't register that, Oh, these are new characters. I wonder where this, this is going or where that's going. Uh, to me, it was like, okay, he's, he's mimicking, you know, uh, Charles Schultz or, you know, he's mimicking, you know, the family circus, you know, style. And it, it was, I had to remove myself from being an, a Larson art fan and mm-hmm. go into the, the mode of, I enjoy his writing. Let me look at it in a different perspective. Sure. If sure. that makes sense. Uh, and that's where it, at first, it wasn't a favorite issue of mine, but then mm-hmm. after revisiting it, I just had to, I had to digest. <laughs> so you're digging on the 252. You yeah. have come you have come around. Um, I think sort of the thing we were just you know this is a softball kind of easy, but like uh, the next uh, issue experiment that's just floating out there in the ether was just uh, what kind of style he says he wants to maybe he's thinking about doing an issue where he tackles artists. So it wouldn't be like, oh, I'm doing Batman, I'm doing Spawn. You know, it's like, you know, he would be trying to, like, do a Rob Liefeld page or a he'd be doing a Frank Cho page or something like that. If you were to somehow gain control of Eric, if you were controlling his mind, you know, uh, you got your Icelander three Viking heads, but they're all Scott heads floating around Eric's body. <laughs> and you're making it. That's a Juice Man reference, listeners. But, like, you're making him draw in whatever styles you want. Which artists does Scott James put in that book? Oh, besides Eric. I mean, this is <laughs> Eric doing it, but, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Eric doing Eric. 
Eric yeah. doing Eric in if different He's style. He's gonna um, say Toth. Toth. Say what? <laughs> He's gonna say Toth. Uh, oh, you know, I, I'd I'd love to see <laughs> Alex Toth his his take on Toth. You know, um, I've seen his take on Kirby, and I, I've I've always loved it. So I, I would say Toth. I would say it would be interesting to see him try to do a Simonson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. It would be interesting to see if uh, if he could simplify uh, and do like a Ramita Jr. Yeah, the big, big boxy kind of look. That, that <laughs> boxy, a little bit more boxy. Um, really? Is, and Ramita, I think, would, you, would you consider Ramita Jr. more simple? Because I always see Ramita Jr. with like a lot of hatching, a lot of... If you look at his storytelling, his storytelling is clean and concise. Um, he, he does. It's usually his inker that does a lot of that that uh, texture. And oh. you know, when he has Johnson, Klaus Johnson inking him, Johnson Which tends to be heavy-handed in the inks. Um, now, when Ramita Junior first started out, he was very, he was way more detailed. And it, once he hit starting to do the Punisher. That's when he became more boxy and simplified, mm-hmm. and then he went into that cable miniseries, which was even more simplified. Mm-hmm. What was that Punisher? Uh, he got his own series. For Warzone. Punisher, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it was beautiful stuff. Um, but that's when he started to really, you know, after Daredevil, he really started to s- mm-hmm. simplify his stuff. Uh, I, when when you had L. Williamson inking him, that's when you got a lot more of that crosshatch and detail during his run on Daredevil. So, um, I would it would be interesting to see if he could pull pull off a, a, a Travis Cherist. Oh yeah, you know um, I don't know Travis Cherist, '90s guy, extreme. Um, he's the one who uh, did a lot of stuff. Uh, he did Wildcats. Uh, he did the Wildcats X Men, uh, that World War II one that was just beautifully illustrated. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because he's like along those lines of think like a Jim Lee clone, but like not clone, right? Well, like, not he like started he's doing out his own as one. thing. Yeah, he's doing. It. He came into his own though, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I don't know who else. You got favorite artists, Scott. Give us one more. Um, this is your dream. You're in control, man. Uh, you're, uh, you're you're possessing Eric, and he's like, "No, I don't want to put, I don't want to put Drew's man in the book." But you do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it would be nice, but it, yeah, no, that's probably not likely. Um, Kirby, uh, yeah. your faves, dude. Your fave. Give us I, one. Just one more, and you're out. At one more and I'm out. One um, more and you're out, James. Come on. Uh, Buscema. Okay. John okay. Buscema. Yeah, nice. yeah that's, nice. uh, cool. that's logical. These are solid choices. Solid picks, my dude. Yeah, Scott, I'm just I, trying I, to think of something that would be in Eric's wheelhouse. And see, the, totally out of his wheelhouse. Are they? That's the point, I think. I, I, I don't think a John Buscema. That, yeah. If you, if you look at Eric's style... I could see Eric doing more of a Kirby than a, a Buscema. Right. You know, but, it'd but be interesting to see him try it. I'm, I'm trying to remember. Buscema is one of, like, Eric's favorite artists, though, right? No? Oh, I don't know. Uh, no, don't uh, know not like Gil that, Kane no. or... Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to know, think about, like, all the, the 70s comics that he read. I'm not sure. I don't know. 
Yeah, I would say Kane, Trimpe, Kirby. Burn. Yep. Yeah, I was trying to throw ones out there that he typically wouldn't, you know. It'd be interesting to see his take and his Scott, approach on that. Scott, you're, I would say your art is pretty heavily influenced by Larson. Like, we can tell you're a fan. Like, you know, there's certain guys that have, like, their own kind of school of art. You know, I feel like Liefeld, there's a ton of Liefeld guys that look like him, like Chap Yip or John Mallon or Jim Lee had guys like Brett Booth and uh, McFarlane. You know, like, I think John Cleary, 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 whatever, the Deadly Duo artist, uh, or Mario Gully with Ant. But I feel oh, like yeah. Larson never really had a, a group of guys that really imitated you know, him. Uh, not even just imitated, but just were heavily influenced. Um, but then there were guys like Mark Engler. Um, I find, like, I put you in that category. Um, friend of the show, Mark Welser, I feel like is heavily influenced. Yeah. Do you feel like you're heavily influenced? And, and what, what is it about Larson that's his art that like really captured you or really got you into it? Um, yeah, oh, I'm definitely heavily influenced by Eric. Um, it, it's what got me was his, his storytelling and his action. And how he was like a modern day Kirby. Uh, I was, you know, I, I I liked Kirby, but I wasn't like a, a major geek of Kirby stuff until you know, uh, coming across Larson's work. Mm-hmm. Guys got, our age aren't. That's how it usually works. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I was always a fan of Toth. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so you know, and uh, what I found really freeing and inspiring about. Uh, Eric's work is that it's it's loose, it's fun, it, it, it you know it could be tongue in cheek. I was coming off of doing a lot of RPGs and CCGs and role playing games and that kind of stuff, so it, it was more photorealistic. Where you know when I was in college, I, I did Juice Man. It was more of a you know that tongue in cheek, and I saw you know that sense of humor and being able to that, Oh, Eric, Eric can play with proportions. Oh, well, I like playing with proportions because when I created juice, man, I, he was, you know, created because of the guys that would always would skip leg day, you know, and I always <laughs> called them juice men. So, right. you know, that's how that came about. So it was like, Oh, well maybe there's a, maybe there is a place for, mm-hmm. for this. And, Seeing how he was able to just have that panel just light up with action, and uh, the story was solid. You know, it 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 was like a total package. So yeah, I mean, I am definitely heavily influenced by Eric's work. Um, You know, uh, there there's little bits that I sprinkle from, you know, all of my influences, but you know, uh, you see it especially in my hands, <laughs> you know, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, the, the, the Eric Larson hands, they're in your face They're You know, you've got the knuckles and the certain way that he draws the knuckles. It just, it, you know, you, you see the, the power in the, the fist, the closed fists. And I'm just like, I, I've always loved how he's, how he did that, you know? Yeah. So the, the use of foreshortening, I, I mean, I, I know he's mastered that. I feel like you're at that level I think one of the things I enjoy, and I know a lot of the readers enjoy, is when you do a backup, you're really able to capture the look of Dragon, which 
is fun. You know, you, it's always enjoyable when, when someone can capture like the main artist's look and, and, and run with it and, and put their own little style on it as well. But, um, I was just curious because it just, it's a weird thing where you don't really see that many people that have, you know, are in that Larson school of art, you know? And, and like I said, I feel like, you know, you and, and maybe a couple other people really, uh, took to it. The well, three I you think, mentioned, Craig, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I remember Eric saying one time in, in an interview, uh, you know, uh, that not many people mimic his style or, or are influenced by his style. And if, if there was somebody that, that was like that or like a, you know, a Jim Lee clone, but an Eric Larson clone, he would hire him. So that was like a, oh, well, maybe I could get hired, you know. <laughs> Uh, you know, I liked the style and it was me also immersing myself in, in trying to dissect what he does, you know, yeah. uh, kind of reverse engineer. <laughs> okay. Well, how right. does, how does he look at this action sequence? What, what, sure. what is his pacing? What are those, those certain nuances that he has and what are the, what are those notes that he's hitting, you know, to, to make it flow? So, uh, pound for pound, he's the, the best visual storyteller when it comes to, to that slobber knocker, you know, drag out fight, you know? So do you, um, feel the need to bring sort of that spirit of experimentation to your work at some point? Um, I know with juice man so far, what I've read, I mean, you're playing it fairly straight. You're not doing anything like crazy, but do you feel longevity like down the road, like long term? do you feel the, uh, sort of, cause to me, if you're talking Larson, that's part of the package is the experimentation. Yes. Do you feel that call? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I want to get, you know, uh, uh, a certain number of issues under my belt before I start to, you know, even Picasso learned realism before he went off and did that crazy thing called cubism. Sure. You know, I, I want to make sure that I've got the pacing right and that I've got, you know, enough meat and potatoes to, to sustain me Trademark. going. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me to go off the reservation. You know, sure, giving, sure. B- buying myself some of that, hey, you know what, he's he's done X a number of issues, you know, straightforward. Okay, we'll give him this one. You know, Do you he, have a uh, experiment bouncing around in the back of your mind, like something that you're just itching to try when you get a chance? You know, right now, nothing that hasn't already been done. And that's oh, the sad sure. thing, you know. Well, sometimes, I mean, Jesus, comics, though. It's like really hard. Like sometimes somebody be like, I got a superhero idea and it's never been done. And I'm like, you're stupid. It's all been done. Yeah. Yeah. So to an extent, you just got to just do it because like what hasn't been done. What I need to do is try to force myself to do more two page spreads. Um, Hell yes, dude. I have not. uh, Juice Man has not had one two page spread. Part of it is, is being confined to that tapas format. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, with a two-page spread, it's not going to read without seeing both pages. So they eventually can't do that... two pages on that? No, it, it, because it goes vertical. The traditional digital fix for that, Scott, is, is as such. You, just so you know, Jim, you probably can agree with this. You read a lot of digital mostly. I do. You hit them, 
you hit them with the smaller like um, like the smaller things so they can see both sides, and then it feels weird, but it is appreciated as a digital comic when you're reading a two page spread. They get the impact of seeing the double page, and mm-hmm. then you let them sure see the left. Yep, you let them see the left half, and then the right half up close, like as if it was a uh, single page. Th- that's not how I appreciate them. Well, let us know. <laughs> tell, tell me, dog. What's I, up? When, when I see a when I'm reading when I'm reading a comic on my iPad, and I come to a double page spread, I want to mm-hmm. see that double page spread. You know, reduce so I can get the like the the overall look of the page. But All then right, what so I far, but then what saying. I want to do is immediately turn my iPad from portrait to landscape so I can see both sides as large as possible, and then gotcha. read it read it as a double page spread as it's intended. On Tapas, I don't think he's going to get to do that. Oh, yeah, gonna, yeah. I just uh, take my iPad and throw it in the trash and find a physical copy. <laughs> I'm with you there on that one. I, I, I'd like that. that I'll copy be looking in my for hand. that German edition. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. so uh, that, I've been in some of Eric's experiments. Uh, uh, you know, the, the, yeah, the digest, digest right? was, yeah. Um, and I don't think I would ever want to repeat that one. That was, <laughs> I, I really don't. I mean, it was fun doing it, and Eric bailed my ass out going, here, here. I already figured out every every way that, to do this page. <laughs> here, you choose. Here, Here's a couple different options. I'm like, Thank you. Thank He's you. like here, baby. Here, baby bird. Isn't it amazing? Like it seems like it's probably it seems like easy to him, you know. But I'm sure it's not. But still, like the way he's wired, like I feel like the guy just only thinks comics. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, and I've thought, you know, with laying out pages, how you know could I use the same layout and make it that interesting? You know, the same page layout instead of a six panel grid doing something with maybe a long vertical on the left and a series of you know panels on the right and you know do a full issue just with the same panel layout there you go man that's an experiment you know uh, juice man 32 it, there you go <laughs> bust it out <clears throat> you know without the the redundancy becoming repetitive Right. Um, over the you know last couple of you know the Malcolm era, uh, we've been the cast has been growing. I feel like it's been coming more and more and more. The book's been coming more and more and more into its own. And uh, I got just gotta say, like, is there anybody of the new cast, the Malcolm era, that's just really standing out for you as a fave, a new a new character that you're just like, yeah, man, you know, that's that's one I hope goes the distance. Um, I, I'm a big fan of Angel. I love Maxine. I love what he's been doing with Maxine. Um, you know, I love the little pet names. You know, I so when he killed off Dragon, I was like, you know what, I'm good. I I don't miss Dragon. Uh, you know, I, I bought into to Malcolm, and and sure. you know, it was a long, I, it was a long time coming you know from him being in dimension x and we seeing little snippets of him in dimension x to him getting out of dimension x and then growing up you know and you know emperor kerr i think eric was really starting to let me put a you know let me drive a little bit of a wedge between 
people and dragons so that when he does go way of the dodo, um, you know, they're more vested in, in Malcolm. And I think he really did that, especially keeping Malcolm and Angel close. And, you know, those three, I really, Malcolm, Angel, and uh, Maxine. Right. You know, uh, I'm in. I I truly enjoy him. I wish he had, you know, better baddies, you know. Uh, oh, yeah, we best. all wish for that. Yeah, I mean, I think more could have been done with Scourge. I think um, the dart thing, I, I kind of like that she's now kind of, you know, mixed with Mako. How are you feeling about the vicious circle being in Toronto? Like, is it what needed to happen? Or are you just like, ah, you know, we've been there? I, I'm, I'm kind of like we've been there. I'd like, if we had new Vicious Circle characters, mm-hmm. that would be, you know, uh, they're still they're the, still the same crew. Um, I'd like to see new Vicious Circle characters if we're going to keep the Vicious Circle around. So, uh, for instance, uh, Samurai and uh, Insect and some of these characters that really haven't gotten the spotlight, them stepping up and becoming more leads, that doesn't enthuse you as much as a new character? Yeah. Yeah, I would say. I mean, I was like, oh, Scourge is uh, an awesome design. He's a cool-looking character. The Chained Man was a, a cool design, and... It, it's if we would have drawn that out a little bit more and seen where those those possibilities you know uh i know i'm holding off to see what happens with scourge's little demon babies um uh, mm-hmm. but that's that's something that's going to come down the pike you know uh we've seen how many times has you know malcolm fought dart so it's to me, you know, uh, even though she's got that Mako mix going, uh, it's still. I'd I'd like to see new bad guys. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and for the you know for the long haul, not just for oh, okay. There's a couple issues. You know, Malcolm's fried him with his you know, lightning power. Right. So this is timely. Then, uh, you know, we saw, we glimpsed the cover of uh, two fifty seven. And you got Malcolm fighting Thor, who, you know, he can't he can't use the uh, lightning powers on Thor, you know. So I got to ask, like, what's your take? Because me and Jim were having a little bit of a fight, you know. Is it going to be, uh, you know, Malcolm just is like at a total loss because he can't lightning his way out of this fight, or is Thor going to be like, holy shit, this dude is like, I can't use my like magical thunder on him. That's going to be an interesting fight, especially considering Thor is still blind. Yeah, call it. Call it down. How's how's Scott James see that one going? Um, Without his sight, but, you know, considering he's using his and Annie's uh, son as like a lap dog or seeing I, 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 Ginger, um, it'd be interesting to see how it goes because I think, you know, it'd be almost like, you know, Mother Mayhem with the babies that were on the umbilical cords. You know, they, you know, (laughs) chewing on on dragon as they're coming back into the atmosphere i i could foresee you know uh thor's kid chewing on on malcolm while while they're in the middle of fighting you know uh 
<laughs> as a distraction. But, you know, with, without Thor being able to see, uh, I don't know, you know, how effective he's going to be. Ah, he's a god. He's, I, he's, he's a god, but... God's eyes or something. He'll, uh, he'll just echolocate. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> like a dolphin. Bat-Thor. Bat-Thor. <laughs> Let me ask you, um, Scott. I mean, I think you've probably done more backups than anyone besides uh, Frank Fosco and Savage Dragon. You've done Max Damage, Deadly Duo, Alex Wilde, Neutron Bob... A lightning bug backup, barbaric and ricochet. I think a uh, battle girl and in, in red giant and star one. I don't know. Am I missing any there? Um, no, but uh, that's yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's pretty awesome that you've gotten the ability to play with all those characters, and I know you've added a couple of your own characters in the mix, like Beer Belly and Kill Crazy. Are there are there any characters that you? Uh, Itching to play with to do a backup that you haven't played around with yet? Um, you know, um, I would probably say it would be cool to do a Maxine and uh, Maxine backup, uh, an Angel backup now that she's, you know, not Battle Girl, uh, you know, more adult, you know, mm-hmm. uh, probably those two. When you say Maxine, do you mean like more of the sort of uh, down to earth, like in her apartment, like quarantine kind of stuff that we're seeing, or do you have something else in mind? Raven just wants to know, if she, like, can be like sexy and stuff. <laughs> hey, just, just say I, it, dude. I'm, I'm down. <laughs> just say it, dude. Just you say mean it. just a home? Uh, yeah, you know, at home where and, maybe and the bedroom. bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I. I don't know. Maybe a quarantine thing uh, that would. It could be interesting, you know. Especially as as great as Eric Wright's, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of those more uh, intimate moments would be cool. Uh, not, not the way that you're thinking, Raven, but maybe the way <laughs> you're thinking, uh, you know. <laughs> but you know, something you know, not per se, you know, a slugfest, but right. uh, you know. Uh, I really enjoy Angel as a character. I mean, I think she's mm-hmm. come a long way. You can tell Eric's vested a lot of time in her. Uh, you know, I haven't done a Malcolm backup. That would be kind of cool. Oh, that's true. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, uh, you, I've, you've done, you've definitely done like sketches though, like a, a cover, like a blank cover, right? Like a commission. Yeah, yeah, and that was yeah. Back when Malcolm was just starting to try to take over the, you know, when he was kind of starting to to do the uh, transition, when Eric was doing the transition between Dragon and Malcolm, uh, that 250, uh, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, let me do some. So, you know, I'm... I'm, 200, you mean? Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, issue 200. So I was like, yeah, let me do, you know... uh, I, I like the, the idea of kind of like doing those little monster condom ads. So I, I was trying to, <laughs> you know, do tongue-in-cheek stuff. State like fair I, zucchini. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, who needs who needs a, uh, a, a, a Trojan when you have a monster? And, and Maxine's holding up the two difference, you know, between the two different condoms. Uh, one looks like a body bag compared to the uh, Trojan. <laughs> So, uh, 
Yeah, but no, it, probably those three characters. I, I would be, you know, and I'm always down for a deadly duo. I really enjoyed, uh, you know, Kill Cat and Kid Avenger. How does that usually work? Do you approach Eric and say you have an idea for something, or does he just say, I've got a script, you interested? And, um, it's happened both ways. It's happened both yeah. ways. Uh, the, my very first backup, I was like, uh, what does it take to get a backup? And he goes, what character do you want to draw? And I was like, Alex. And he goes, well, I'll get back to you. And then I did like a, a, a pinup of Alex on the bed. Uh, right. in her police you know, you know, police shirt and handcuffs, and I sent it to him as a pinup, and he goes, we'll use this as the uh, splash page. I'm like, oh, <laughs> nice. well, okay, cool. <laughs> uh, and then I waited another few weeks, and uh, <clears throat> he then uh, still hadn't sent me anything, so I laid out six pages, and it was my take, and I called it women's intuition, and it was me implying that Alex knew something was off with Dragon because he was Dark Dragon, not, you know, her Dragon. And uh, she was telling Frank. So I had Frank in the backup as well, and they were in a bar talking. You know, the CD bar, they were in the CD bar talking. And, you know, uh, she saw Dragon take a bribe. She She's explaining all this stuff to Frank, these things that are undragon-like. And Eric goes, not bad, not terrible, not bad. He goes, but... I think that was what set him off going, okay, uh, here, here's a paragraph. And it was like literally six sentences, and each sentence was kind of a, a page. And then I took that, and uh, that's how I did. I think it was 132. I, I, I forget which one it was, but it was that first Alex backup. So... Wow, that was that was quite a long time ago now. Yeah, yeah, and then there's times where uh, Eric contacted me my, my first time drawing the Deadly Duo with that digest where he said, "I'd like you to I got a Deadly Duo backup. Do you want to do it? It's for an experiment." And I was like, "Yeah, sure, I'm in." <laughs> and then I'm like, "Going, oh, what did I just sign up for?" Right. <laughs> Help me! I can't figure out how to lay out these pages so that they work in both formats. So, I'm gonna ask. Uh, it's a corny, it's a cliche sort of question, but I don't feel like we've ever asked Scott this, though. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like we've answered this a hundred million times, but like, I gotta, you know, we're, this, we're basically celebrating FinCast hosts here, so we're grilling you, we're we're interviewing you. But uh, you get, you know, again, you're getting your wish here. You get any piece of Savage Dragon media you want. It could be anything, man, like movie, video game, a statue of Maxine, whatever. You know, what what are you getting, dude? What what's you're going to you're going to wish for it, it's going to happen. What are you wishing for, Scott? Ooh. Any merch in the world. New animated series, whatever. You know, it, it would be nice to see a new animated series of Dragon done in Dragon style. We see a beautiful Invincible, true to yeah. character, true to story. Give Dragon the same fucking treatment. I mean, timely and good, actually good, good do answer. it as like each issue is an episode. 
You know, the Invincible thing, it's interesting that you bring that up because their whole big thing, they're selling it too, is they're like, oh, it's going to be uh, animation like, you know, Batman the Animated Series, but violent. Like, because Invincible's, you know, sells the violence. And I just laugh because I'm thinking to myself, man, you know, goddamn, if you're going to do an Invincible, didn't that Invincible animation, didn't that just sort of light your dragon fire? Oh, yeah. No one will never get it. This is just, we're wish fulfillment here, but like I'm saying, weren't you just thinking... You know, so let me ask you, like, are you, if they sort of write out dragon involvement, like if we can sort of as finheads see the parts where there should have been image characters, are you going to be bummed or are you going to be like, ah, oh, well, you know, it had to happen. Dude, I, f- dragon's got to be in it, right? He's got to, dude. He's the proto-invincible. Kirkman being, and Kirkman being on Larson's tip as well, much as and- he is, like. You know, and you think about how many times they've crossed over and how many times Dragon I, has been in Invincible or Invincible in Dragon. Vice versa. Yeah. yeah. So um, it, it would be a nice little tip of the hat or cameo. Uh, mm-hmm. And it would be I, nice if it was a springboard for a Dragon cartoon. I'm going to be using that Invincible cartoon to make Dragon fans left and fucking right, dude. <laughs> Don't you fucking think I'm not? Because, dude, Kirk, Kirkman himself, the thing is, is Kirkman himself says all the time, yeah, I'm ripping off Dragon. Read Dragon. This is If you love this, you'll love Dragon. But don't, so, you, don't you think Dragon's got to be in it? He's got to, right? They're both image to. partners. Kirkman's yeah. not going anywhere. Larson's not going anywhere. I mean, Plus, you I'm can't sure have Youngblood. You can't have Youngblood, so that ups the Dragon factor. Well, there's probably legal issues I don't know if currently if Dragons... I don't think Dragons, like, TV options are out there, so... Maybe there aren't any issues, but, you know, so it's probably a case-by-case thing. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm guessing... Uh, we're not going to burn up Scott's interview with USA still owns the rights. No, it's, it's not that. <laughs> we're hanging on to them. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that Larson owns all his media rights right now, so, you know, right. it's possible, but... You know, it's kind of... It, it would be nice. It is... It can be complicated, is all. Is all well, it would be nice to see it the way he's drawing, uh, you know, drawing it in his style, not that that kind of watered down milk toast style that they did with the first one, and that it was uh, that it's written the way that Larson writes today. You know, you know, Corey Walker is involved with like art direction on that. Oh right? yeah, yeah, right. you could. That's tell. why it looks so fucking oh, good. Fuck so you yeah. got to think like, imagine Corey Walker. Uh, art direction on animated dragon. God damn. Are they really selling it, this show on the violence? Because I'm going to be honest with you, violent cartoons aren't new anymore. I mean, that was their whole thing. They're like, and they, when they first announced, they're like, and we're not holding back on the violence. Mm. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I mean, sorry. This is a network that is, this is a, I think Amazon's big thing right now is the boys. Oh, yeah. So oh, it shit, makes yeah. sense that they would like be like, and guess what? If you like the boys, go. Edgy. Well, yeah. Go, go edgy. <laughs> blood. Yeah. Rub the blood. Everyone's full of that red stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're all just meat. Yeah. Meat just puppets. Meat Stole blood balloons, humanity. Um, yeah, man, just cool. I, I was kind of curious if you just had like sort of a. I know we've answered that question. I feel like it's a interesting topic. Like it comes up from time to time. Trademark. Yeah, interesting. Like, <laughs> yeah, so much. But yeah, I just had to get your take on like what your dream, what your dream uh, merch or whatever would be. I would say an ongoing animated series that you know is 
close, closely tied into, uh, you know, the dragon, actual what happens in dragon, you know, and is written more for the readers, not per se the, you know, the kiddies like the original dragon was. Sure. Nice. Um, hopes and dreams for the comics future. Like uh, what? Wait, wait, wait. I, I'm going with Savage Dragon brand uh, chocolate covered raisins. <laughs> Dream merch. Little fins. Like it's just a raisin with a little fin of chocolate off it. Sure. All right, man. Or just dragon on the packaging. I like it. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Scott, uh, before we, we're winding down fast, man, before we uh, wrap this show up, I got to ask, uh, you know, hopes and dreams for the future, the immediate future for, for the next, like, let's say, like, you know, this coming year, 2021, you know, what, what's your hopes and dreams? What are you hoping to see more of? What would make Scott happy? Um, In Dragon, I would, pro- yeah. I would probably like to, you know, see a, a more of an epic story arc in the aspect of you know we we have a bad guy a new bad guy a new situation that you know goes over a period of time kind of like how uh overlord was you know 25 issues or 20 issues before he got his ass capped you know something that builds you know mm-hmm. something that you know we Seeds are being sown, you know, uh, or being planted. And we later see how those, you know, uh, the fruit that's, you know, bared from that. Um, I I think a lot of the issues are one and dones lately. There's Mm -hmm. not much being set up for, you know, uh, future tales, Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. Sure. Absolutely. We talk about that a lot. So I, I, for me, that's what I'd like to see is, is more of an epic. You know, uh, talking, going off of Invincible, that was the nice thing that Kirkman did was that he, he built, and we had like major story arcs that, that took place with, you know, uh, major bad guys. And it, it wasn't one issue and it's done, or two issues it's done. It was over 10 issues or more. You know, something that would make right. a nice, meaty graphic novel. Fair enough. Um, hey, man, look, it's been fucking awesome having you on. Before you go, uh, you know, Craig, Jim, you got anything you want to throw Scott's way, or should we go right to what do you got to promote? I just want to say thanks, Scott, for uh, jumping in and joining us here and there on the FinCast. I know the listeners always appreciate your point of view, especially from an artist and the guy that's worked on the book with Eric and, and you're able to pull back the curtain every once in a while and give us a little insight. It's uh drinking buddies with Frank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. And I always appreciate when you guys ask me to be on because it's like I said, it's not very often that I get to talk, you know, dragon with, with people. So, uh, and you know, I, I try with my wife all the time and, and she looks at me <laughs> like I've got a third eye or, you know, mm-hmm. she gives me that sunny dog look like, really? You're going to talk to me about this now? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I really appreciate whenever you guys ask me to be a part of it. Cool. Yep, you're always welcome. 
So uh, promote, man. Throw it out there. We know what it is. Well, what do you promote? I, I've got Juice Man. Uh, Juice Man, awesome. Juice Man. Uh, I'm working on mob files still, and I nice. currently just signed a contract, which I can't discuss a lot what? about, but um, awesome. I'm going to be doing a, a project with Dirk Manning. So Cool, dude. Um, Scoop. So I, I, I can't really say much more than I, in the near future, the beginning of next year, uh, you'll know more about it. And it's kind of big. So it's I'm excited cool. about it. Nice. Well, you let us know when when, when I can talk more about out. it. Yeah, and be le- <laughs> less cryptic. You know. Yeah, well, we love to have like whenever someone's got a project, like a friend of the FinCast has something. Hell yeah, dude! Come on, review the latest issue, then turn around and promote. Hell yeah. yeah well, and I really appreciate uh, the love you've given Juice Man and and me, and you know, promoting my stuff. You know, Raven, you're just always you know, and and Greg, you t- always you know going oh. Here, let me share that, or you know, oh, check this out. I always appreciate that. So, uh, thank you guys so much for the love on Juice Man. No worries, no dude. You're doing excellent work, and congratulations on hitting two different countries. I mean, that's incredible. That is really, honestly, like a feat. That's really cool. Uh, even the sun shines on a dog's ass some days. Uh, Love clocks right <laughs> twice. <laughs> exactly. So I'm I'm happy. I you know I'm excited about uh, Juice Band being in in German and uh, the Marcosia publishing the the collected black and whites uh, and they'll be they'll be selling them in the states as well. So um, yeah, uh, things are <laughs> things are looking good. I just got to keep plugging away and getting pages done. So. Fuck yeah, dude. Awesome. Sweet. Well, best of luck, man. Hey, thank you, guys. 